This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Nation, welcome back to a long-awaited, long-overdue, most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, muffinational podcast. And I am your host, Miranda. Of course, as always, I do not do this alone because as I said last podcast, I would be awkward. I don't think anybody would appreciate it. So I do it with the king over here of Place V, Mr. Double A himself. Andy, how are you doing? Miranda, how are you? It has been far too long. It has been a while. For you and I to do anything mm-hmm. just the two of us. I mean, we have done the Disney pod over the we last have. few months with Steve. But this is our show. This is mm-hmm. this is this is a Mirandy. All right. Mirandy, I like that. Yes, this is a Mirandy production. And I miss doing yeah. Mirandy productions, especially talking about something that we both love, which is Muppets. Yeah. And I am so happy to be back here with you. Um I would I'm hoping that we get back. Uh, on course here uh-huh. we get we get the uh you know the electric mayhem bus back on the mm-hmm. road and and we get through this first season because we're we're looking at the the finish line for this first season so we yeah. could you know do our first muppet movie watch although we have really? done a muppet special we did one about a little over a year ago we've done two less, actually yeah we have we did a uh, mm-hmm. muppet christmas carol and mm-hmm. we did muppet haunted mansion we sure did we sure did those were so much fun Muppet Haunted Mansion was amazing, um, and if you haven't yes. seen it, now is the perfect time for it. And I actually got reminded of it today because it has been a while since we were able to record, so I went back and watched these four episodes again um, because I felt like I just needed to make sure I remembered everything. Um, if you guys don't remember our format, we watch four of the Muppet shows from the original Muppet show at a time. We break them down for you, talk about our favorite parts, explain what happens, give you some fun facts. Um, and so we're doing four per mm-hmm. podcast episode. When we get to the end, we are going to go to the first movie. Um, and that will be brought to you over on Stream Lounge where you can see our faces. You may not want to see our faces, but it's just <laughs> a fun experience. Um, all around, you can chat with us in the little um, live chat that happens. And if it's not available, you can come back later and it will be in podcast format. But so that's what we're doing. We're trying to get through these. We apologize for the eight-month hiatus, but as I uh, say sometimes, life, right? This yeah, is not it, our this is not our job. Like this is not our uh, daily profession. We have other jobs, and uh, we also live seven hours. Yeah, six seven hours apart. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not easy, but uh, yes. Yeah, the beauty about Stream Lounge is that they take all the guesswork out for us. You know, we do live watch podcasts all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I do laughing theater a lot, and you know you have like you know PC actions also on here, and then you have freak mm-hmm. out driving, you have popcorn chicken south, and a lot of times we have to you know line it up and we watch it. Uh, mm-hmm. They do it where you can actually watch the movie at the same time with us, and and it does actually live on Stream Lounge. So mm-hmm. if, you know we appreciate you if if you know when we do the Muppet movie live watch if you if you download it and and listen to it along with the movie playing, but you can always go on Stream Lounge. And watch our, our the the basically the re, the repeat the, uh, mm-hmm. the recast of of us doing it live. Yep. So you may you can't actively participate. Well, similar to a pod, you can't actively participate in it. But right. 
Uh, when we're on Streamlabs yeah. Live, you can actively participate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you can subscribe to each individual person on uh, Streamlabs because, like, Andy does things without me. And then for the first time, I have something coming up without you. I'm going to yep. do it with Bianca, um, my co-host from Bells with Books. And you can subscribe to, like, an individual person on Streamlabs. It's totally free. It doesn't cost anything. Um, and it will alert you, like, when they're going live or that they are going live. So yep. you can... Mm -hmm follow along that person if you really like their hosting abilities or so, the movie yeah. they're going to watch. There's so literally you, something for everybody over there. It is. It is. So if you do go to Stream Lounge, look up Moms and Nerd, Blockbuster Rewatch, and Laugh in Theater and follow all of them. Dang, yeah, you'll know when, whenever Miranda and I do anything on Stream Lounge, mm -hmm. you'll get alerted. Yep. Yep. I try to also post it on my Instagram, but sometimes I'm really bad at doing that. <laughs> and then I'm like, we'll be in the middle of like starting and I like, Andy will see me looking down at my phone and I'm like, I'm just posting on Instagram that we're here. Like, I'm not ignoring you. <laughs> oh, no, there's like an option to, to like, you know, put something on Twitter, too. But I'm like, I hardly ever. I'm tweet so bad it. at Twitter. And like, on Instagram, I just follow. I don't I don't do any. I don't post anything on Instagram. I, I got called out the other day. I'll tell you this really quickly. So oh, I got well. called out really the other day because I'm really bad at Twitter. I actually really love Instagram and I am really beginning to enjoy TikTok. I have a strong opinions on TikTok, but I now after using it for some time, it basically you get videos of what you like react to. So if you dance to half naked people, that's if you if you react to those, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> right? So at first that's what it used and, and originally I'll be honest, that's what it used to be. Book talk was not a thing, none of the cooking talk was not a thing, but there's like avenues for everybody now, so it's fantastic. Um, but I was saying to, um, a neighbor of ours who was much younger than I, um, I was like, I just can't get Twitter. And I'm, I got called, they were like, okay, boomer. And I'm like, I'm not a, <laughs> not a boomer, but okay, thanks. Thanks. Um, and then Bianca called me out the other day as well. She sent me a TikTok telling me, um, how old. Twilight, the first Twilight book was. And I messaged her back and told her I did not appreciate being called out like that. <laughs> so, you know, there's that. So, yes, um, I show my age on TikTok. I'm not very good at it. I don't, it's too much too fast. And maybe it's the ADHD in me, but like, I, I just, I'll go to respond to something and it's gone. I'm like, where'd it go? <laughs> yeah, I just, my, my kids send me TikToks and things like that. And I'm like, okay, that's. Cool, I do randomly send you TikToks. I do. Yes, you They're do. funny. Mm -hmm. They're really funny. Um, I actually sent you a Muppets one the other day. So. Ah, well, that's when I go on TikTok too, though. I don't know who's going on TikTok. <laughs> I uh, the, there are some great Muppet TikToks. Um, mm -hmm. they're then they're fantastic. Sesame Street has a TikTok. Elmo has a TikTok. I highly encourage you follow <laughs> them. I know they're not. Muppets from the Muppet Show, but they are from the mind of Jim Henson. So oh yeah, they're, really, they're, I consider yeah. them Muppets. Yeah, they are Muppets. They are not the Muppets, though, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, mm -hmm. I think there's a difference. But with the Muppets, we are actually on episode 117, mm -hmm. um, which is season one, episode 17. And I noticed something today that I actually texted you about. If you are not watching these on Disney+, Plus, say you have other avenues of watching them, I will say, your app may not put them in correct order. <laughs> Um, because uh, 117 should be Ben Vereen, according to the wiki and according to Disney+. Plus. Um, and it was telling me that that was episode, like, 12. 
And yeah, Andy Perez was like, which ones are we doing? I'm like, I was like, I'm we're like, doing like 12 through this. And he's like, no, we're on 17. I was like, oops. And then, I, then I'm like, right. let me just send her the names that were of the, of the guest yeah. stars to make sure that we're on the same page. <laughs> so the production for this episode comes to us from October 4th through the 7th of 1967. It premiered first in the UK, which we have talked about several times, how this premiered in the UK before it appeared in uh America. So this premiered in November of 1967 in the UK and January of 1977 in the United States. Our guest star this week is Ben Vereen. And if you guys don't remember, Andy and I were playing a game that I accidentally created. um, (laughs) And we were calling, there was two parts to it. One was, does Miranda know who they are? And the other part was, are they still alive? Because sadly, um, some of these amazing artists um, are no longer with us due to well, you know, it show. was 40 something years ago that these were right it was a long time ago yeah. so i mean but it's still sad because some people mm-hmm. like it's just you don't stop and realize just how long ago that, that yeah. is um so ben vereen did you know who ben vereen was yes i knew yes i didn't remember who he was but once i saw his face i was like i i know him but I didn't know how I knew him. He he for me as a kid, he was like mm-hmm. one of those guest stars because he was a song. And he's a song and dance man. Yeah, you know, he is a Broadway guy. And he was a guest star on a lot of things like like Love Boat or, yeah. or other shows like that. Also, he now this came after this appearance. But I, I remember him most as being uh, Webster's uncle on the show Webster. <laughs> yes. And it looks like he was also in Roots. Yep. Mm hmm. Um, so he's been in some big name things, and apparently he is still acting today. Yeah. Um, he will be appearing um, in Midas, the Midas Touch, as Midas. Oh. Um. So that's really cool. I don't know about that, but he is still acting today, and he is. It looks like seventy five years old. So Definitely he is still young. with us. Yeah. He is still with us. That's fantastic. Um, It says he gained his prominence for his performances in the original Broadway productions of the musicals Jesus Christ Superstar, which he received a Tony Award for. There you go. So he was years active or 1965 to present. He has five children um, and is currently still married. Oh, it looks like he unfortunately lost it, either lost his spouse or they were divorced. So. Very sorry to him, either way. But, uh, yeah, he's still active. That's really cool. So I did know him, and he is still alive. So that's fantastic. There you go. Um, so go check him out and all the things. Um, and today, he gets to join Fozzie, who gets stuck in the magician's trick cabinet. <laughs> um, the cabinet is dragged on stage so he can perform his act. And at the end of the act, two pig stagehands tip the box over so he can take a bow, which I thought was hysterical. Um, Crazy Harry makes frequent prominent appearances in this show which means also frequent explosions that yes. poor ben is usually at the other end of i love um, i love the run-ins by crazy harry throughout the show oh this was it was pretty fantastic he bl- mm-hmm. he ends up being the one that kind of saves fozzy from the day so like that's the short and click of it because mm-hmm. um they keep saying like this cabinet was brought in in advance that the next week's visitor is going to be this magician um, and Kermit tries to warn Fozzie, like, don't go in there. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. And he's like, no, I was telling you, don't go in there because the only way to open it is by this magician. 
and he's in Toledo right now. <laughs> like, I can't just call him. Um, so Crazy Harry ends up saving the day after blowing everything to smithereens all up so long because he blew the cage up so that Fozzie could escape. A happy accident, so to speak. Exactly. Um, we get some various songs and sketches in this. Um, of course, we always open with the Muppet theme song. And this time, the green frackle whacks Gonzo with his own mallet instead of Gonzo mm. getting anything. We've talked about the frackles before. They're just kind of a random creation um, that have all different looks. So we then get uh, a two-headed singer. We've seen him before, but they do um, jump shout boogie while some whatnots jump shout and knock themselves out midway through the song. Our Ben Vereen appears, and he yeah. does his little song and dance, man. As you said, he's the song and dance man, so you're going to yeah, get a this, lot of that. this was a really nice, high-energy start to this. Yeah, it so was, actually. It really just, it's yeah, it was fun, and it's, you know, a lot, the opening number is usually odd and weird. And this, this was odd and, and weird to a point, but maybe not as much as a lot of the ones we've seen. Oh, before. yeah, no, there's been some that you and I, if you go back and listen to other episodes, we, we commented on them, like, I'm thinking of, uh, I can't think of the lady's name right now, but the one that's like one of the weirdest and odd ones. It's one of the first ones we did. She's dancing with that big Muppet where he's like a rag doll. Like there's some weird ones. Well, they like, they did become a monster, like, you know, transforming and then from like a beautiful woman to a monster. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's usually starts off like it just, it, it, the the Muppets are weird. They have an interesting sense of humor. And that it kind of just sets the tone for the whole episode. And it, it toes a line, right? Because we had read once that initially um, he wanted the Muppets to be way more adult. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad he didn't go there. We had a whole conversation about that, I think, in episode one, episode two. You can go back and listen to Miranda doesn't like overtly adult Muppets or cartoons. Mm-hmm. And Andy doesn't like the uh, the big Muppets that are like human well thought. mixture of human and muppet parts yeah you don't deal with those very well i get past the swedish chef having you know human hands i get i can i can power through that but yeah mm-hmm. usually when they're it's just it just kind of like the big out. dancing thing i was just talking about a minute yep. ago you, that was a no-no for you that yeah was no, no 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 it was not it was like oh. it's like all like human and then the head and the hands are muppet <laughs> wait, wait no andy don't yeah. like that but you do like Statler and Waldorf. I do. I do love Statler and Waldorf. I do. But they're like tiny little old men, so it's different. <laughs> I have. I'm actually looking at my Statler and Waldorf figures right now. I have, and on either side of them is Sam the Eagle and the Swedish Chef. It's and then true. I have a whole other mess. I actually do have a Crazy Harry figure as well. Oh, do you? Yeah, Crazy Harry. Well, you know, not easy. I de- I never completed the whole Muppet collection back when I was when I was doing my my uh, my figure hunting. But I do mm-hmm. have a good selection that's cool well statler and waldorf actually show up now in conjunction with crazy harry because they actually claim that they're starting the show's starting to grab him right he actually says that phrase like it's starting to grab me and that's when some fuzzy hands grab him and drag him under his seat um and then we get to fozzy bear and that's the whole backstage the magician's box this is when he gets tossed in there and marvel can't help because he's in toledo again mm-hmm Kermit tries to introduce Ben's next number, but Crazy Harry sets off two explosions in the balcony and presents him with a short fuse. <laughs> yes. Oh, which I thought was really funny. Every time they say something, that's how Crazy Harry comes about. They're like, 
um, he has a short fuse or it's going to be an explosion of a, like, you know, using words to, <laughs> right. They're, they're using words to incite, like, how amazing it is. And it backfires. Of course, you can't say anything like that with Crazy Harry. Um, but then we get Ben, who sings Mr. Cellophane and plays um, kind of an unseen character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was neat. Mr. Cellophane, um, the only credit it really has is being sung. Because, you know, some of these songs um, appear other places. When I checked this one, it was only ever sung by Ben Vereen on The Muppet Show. That was it. It was catchy. Mm. It was different. Was. Yeah. So we go back to Kermit and Fozzie, and Kermit is trying to break him out with a hammer. It's not working. I mean, it's a magician's cabinet. Did we think it was going to work? Um, Fozzie swears he's ruined the show. Um, his show is now ruined because he it's going to have to cancel his act. And Kermit offers an alternate. How about, you know, replace Fozzie? And Fozzie, as we know in the past, does not take that well. Like, no. he, he thought he'd been replaced before and was not okay with that. Fozzie's very paranoid and, you know, thinks he's very sensitive about he it. He is. But. Yeah. In sort of a way, I get it because Statler and Waldorf talk so much crap to him all the time. Mm-hmm. That has to get to your head after a while. Yeah. It's like if you constantly hear you're a crap person, then you're going to start thinking that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of my favorite segments then comes around, the Muppet News Flash Newsman. Yes. And I love Muppet News. Uh, Muppet News, and then we're going to get another one, I think, next episode. I can't remember. Maybe in a minute. Um, I love Muppet News. And I love uh, the doctor mm-hmm. when Ralph is the doctor. Oh, doctor. Um, oh, what the hell is his name? Uh, the veterinarian's hospital. Yes, Dr. veterinarian's Bob. hospital. Yes. And then my absolute favorite. I'm trying to remember if we've even gotten to it yet. If it's even happened. Is Pigs in Space. Uh, no, we have not gotten to Pigs have in Space yet. That. Yes. So we'll get there eventually. But but Miranda, that's gonna, that Miranda's going to be all in her glory. I love oh. Pigs in Space, too. It's uh, my uh, absolute favorite. I do have a Pigs in Space uh, set for my Muppet figures. Um, but one of my close favorites is the Muppet News Flash, and he's reporting on Mr. Cosgrove, who tried breaking the world record in flagpole setting. Which was a thing. It, like in it the was. 50s and 60s, mostly, I think. It mm-hmm. was fl- if people tried to climb flagpoles, look, there was no internet people. They had to entertain themselves somehow, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> but, yeah. I guess, sure. I mean, the kids did a plank. They were planking a few years ago. So yeah. I, I guess I get it. I guess it was the 50s version of planking. Or waffle um, waddling, whatever they do now. I don't even know. I see. I miss out on a lot of that because Wobble, the European waffle. kids just don't do the same fads that happen over there. <laughs> so luckily I miss out on it. Um, but he dies in the process of sitting on the packed flagpole. So his wife announces that she'll fly him at half mast for 10 days <laughs> in memorial. I I actually laughed at that out loud. Oh, God. It's not funny. but It's funny. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Um, we go to the dance. And there's several jokes here. But my favorite one is um, Janice is dancing with. Oh, I have Zoot. Zoot. Thank you. I've forgotten his name. And uh, he's like, she's like, the Rolling Stones are here. And he's like, oh, I love them. And she's like, no, not them. And literal Rolling Stones <laughs> come through the dance hall. Um, you, you know, Muppets are, are 
you know, the Muppets are like Amelia Bedelia. And do you, do you remember Amelia Bedelia books? Oh, Robert? I do. I love Amelia like Bedelia. Like how, how literal she was. That's what the, that's what the a lot of the Muppet humor is, is, is. is being literal. I think that's why my son has always enjoyed the Muppets so much. Um, because he's on the spectrum and he's extremely literal. Um, when he was really little, he heard he heard something like his his actual specialist was like, oh, my God, I'm glad you guys get made it in in time. It's raining like cats and dogs. And he looked at him and he goes, Dr. Ashley, dogs and cats, if they fell out of the sky, would just all die. That can't happen. That's not what it's doing. It's just raining. And he was like, no, Caden. He's like, it's it's a metaphor. And he explained it to him. So now Caden for years has been like, you know, what's raining cats and dogs. Like now he gets it. Like he has to, he has to have them explained to him. But my child is extremely literal, and I think that's why he loves the Muppets so much. <laughs> it is. It's, well, it's, it's humor. That's why. And it's it very, is. And he it, gets it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, that's that's part of the beauty of the Muppets is is that it's not complicated humor. It's not highbrow. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not lowbrow by any sense. No. It's just it's, it's simple. It's it's, yeah, it's 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 kind of basic comedy. Yeah, it's taking it's, the obvious just, and making it funny. Yeah, it's just pure and simple and does yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the spots I really enjoyed in this show is the UK spot, which I've told you guys before. If you do watch on Disney Plus, all the UK spots are actually part of the episode, and this one was when Ralph plays uh, Furlis, which I love. That I love it so much. It's one of my favorites. Um, I'm sure everyone is aware of this song, even if you're not a fan of the classical music. Um, everybody hears this and knows this. Mm-hmm. It was a Ludwig uh, Beethoven song. Everybody, yeah, because it's fantastic. Um, and it's very well done. It's not anything extra. He's literally just playing the song, and it's wonderful. Yeah, they do but do those. Yeah. All they do is just, and it's just, it's, it's a variety show. Not yeah. everything has to be funny. Sometimes things yeah. can just be a nice number. Right. Um, he does hurt his hands on the keyboard, but it's still a wonderful, beautiful, like nobody's laughing in it. It's just a just a piece that's fantastic. We get our talk spot, which you and I both enjoy. This happens every episode where we sit down for a moment with the guest star. And Kermit is talking to Ben about dancing. And Ben explains that he needs to dance with great explosive power. And, of course, Harry shows up. Harry hears his cue. He sets off. And poor Ben ends up in the rafters hanging from, like, the <laughs> lights and stuff. Um, what I also liked about this talk spot is um, when he's talking about, he's talking to Kermit about, have you ever felt, like, what it would lose, like, how it would be if you lost your whole body? And poor Kermit does that, like, weird face thing where he just looks, like, really disturbed for a second. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you take your hand and you kind of, like, contort it a little bit. Because yeah. a lot of, a lot of, like, uh, the newsman did something similar when, when the, when he read the the punchline to the you know flying the the husband at half mass, he did mm, kind of like you throw <laughs> your face a little bit. Yeah, that that is Kermit does it a lot, but also it's not uh, exclusive to Kermit. It's it yeah. is a, a lot of Muppets he, do have. Done I think it. a lot. You're right though. A lot of people. I I, I even kind of felt like it's exclusive to him, but you're absolutely right that it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we get a little Statler and Waldorf again. He said it's time for a tea break. So t- Statler complies by just knocking the teacup off the ledge, which as a tea lover, I found horrible. For <laughs> shame. You up there with the lady that put everything in the microwave and told everybody how to make British tea absolutely wrong. 
don't get me started on her. Um, Fozzie is still trying to convince Kermit that the show needs him. He says a Muppet show without Fozzie Bear is like Gilbert without Sullivan, Ham without Cheese, Polka without Hauntus. <laughs> Kermit asks, what's a Polka? And this is when Miss Piggy and George the janitor come in dancing to good old-fashioned polka music. <laughs> which I thought was great. Uh, polka without Hauntus. Oh, my God. That cracked me up. But if you'd like to hear more about Pocahontas, we do have a Disney podcast on that. Yep. Cheap plug. But yes. Yeah, I'll take it. I am not ashamed. Uh, we do get the wonderful Veterinarian's Hospital, where George reluctantly visits the operating room to help his cold sweat. Hmm. I love George the janitor, although he kind of goes away because mm-hmm. we, we get a new janitor, a custodian, actually, I think more of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to see some changes soon once we yeah. get to the second season. I mean, Miss Piggy's going to go through a change. Janice's Janice. voice changes, too. Correct. Yeah. Because right yeah. now, Janice, her voice she, Janice doesn't have the uh, like the flower child yet. You know, she's not she's not there yet. She. She's Doctor Bob kind of thing. That, yeah, and, and she's Piggy's more nasally. voice. We don't get. We don't. We're, we're not at Piggy's voice yet. Like Frank Oz isn't doing it. Yeah, and also her design changes slightly. Yeah, Piggy, Piggy goes through some changes though with her hair. She does mm-hmm. go a uh, perm or curly at one point. Yep. Yeah, you want That's you want to talk 90s, about though, freaking out with with human sized Muppets? When we get to the Muppets Take Manhattan, which was on the other day, and I was flipping channels. When Piggy is right on the, on the roller skates and they have a wide shot and like Miss Piggy <laughs> is huge, holy shit! This freaked Andy out as a kid. Still does. Oh my god! So one of the things I also love, I have several segments that they reoccurring that I think are funny, and the talking houses is one of those yes. for me. Um, so one house tells the other one of his uncle's fondness for the poet Edgar Guest. Do you know why, Andy? I have no idea who Edgar Guest is. <laughs> Do you know why he has a fondness for Edgar Guest? No. He's a guest house. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so we have a segment called Blackout where Ben tells Hilda he's getting um, a big charge from the show. Hmm. Shouldn't have <laughs> said that. that Shouldn't have said that. Which I love Hilda, by the way. She's fantastic. Yeah. I think uh, we're fix- we get a lot of her in one of our next episodes. Um, yes, we do. So it cues up Crazy Harry. So we have to take a break. So we go over to Wayne and Wanda. They need a moment, oh. you know, because Crazy Harry is just blowing everybody up. So we need a moment. We go to Wayne and Wanda. And Wayne sings a line of, I'll know until another lady captures his eye, though. Uh-oh. Wayne and Wanda may be in trouble, and that may tick off old Sam. Sam, the eagle, is obsessed with Wayne and Wanda and their purity, like, as he says. He's like, they're just so wholesome. So, they are. Well, they are until he got distracted by a pretty girl who walks across the stage, and he ends up chasing after her, making Wanda very jealous, and the number just kind of ends there. So... Wanda well, seems like the type you don't want to get jealous. Like she will no, mess I'm, you I'm up. No, I'm she'd call Crazy Harry and be like, "Take care of that." <laughs> <laughs> so Hilda is backstage comforting Fozzie, but he ends up shutting the door to keep people out because now he's embarrassed. Well, now, mm-hmm. at least before he could poke his head out of the box, right? Now he yes. can't. So he just does his act from inside the box. 
I'm what I found I found one hysterical is he goes, Are you guys laughing? And they even put his hat like up on top of the box. Oh, poor Fozzie. <laughs> so the two pigs, as I mentioned earlier, wheel him out and help him with his bell. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, I really liked this segment. I don't know how you feel about it. We get another Ben moment. And Ben mm-hmm. cheers up Droop, um, who is he appears in the Muppets Valentine show and the Muppet show. He usually appears as a very depressed character, although in some episodes of the Muppet show, he can be seen as a singer when he joins the Frackles and a few other monsters. He appeared in 107 and one he will appear again in 119, uh, 115. So we get reoccurrings of him and he's kind of cute. Um, in some ways, he reminds me of Gonzo a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's his look. Um, it's like a cross between Gonzo and he's got some sort of snuffleupagus vibe vibe going on. <laughs> he really does. And Gonzo, who's going to go through a change as well. His Gonzo voice changes. Gonzo goes through a change, yeah. And is uh, mm-hmm. gets more confident. It becomes more towards Gonzo the Great, actually. Yes, which I love Gonzo the Great. Um, so in the song, Ben cheers up Drew by singing Pure Imagination, which is fantastic his version of pure imagination is just wonderful and he ends up being surrounded by some very bizarre characters which i think just added to mm-hmm. the song he's singing because the, it's the whole point um and we come to the end of our episode actually fozzy is finally freed from the box because of crazy harry who begins setting off more explosions and everything that our poor episode kind of ends because ben's tired of getting blown up well, one of the beauty things, too, about The Muppet Show is is everybody is so different, but mm-hmm. everybody is treated the same. Like, you know, monsters are, are, are treated, like, you know, nicely, like, by the guest stars, you know, they have this, yeah. like, you know, Ben, this this thing is, it could be scary to a child, but, and, and it yeah. looks weird, he's got a long nose, and he's green, and he's got right. you know, some confidence issues here, and yeah, yeah, I definitely can see the snuffle off, because, hi, bird, mm-hmm. in there. Um, but yeah, he, it's, it's one, that's one of the beauties about it too, is like everybody is different mm-hmm. and everybody though gets, get to be part of a musical number. Everybody gets to be part of the dance. Everybody, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's. And they play up, um, you and I've talked yeah. about this before because they've had like actors and actresses mm-hmm. that maybe they aren't big at singing and dancing, but they play up whatever the person is. And mm-hmm. I've also noticed some We've talked about this before. There's been a few episodes where the person doesn't appear as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a big deal to be part of the Muppet Show. Um, a lot of people would ask, actually, can we be on the Muppet Show? Like, can I be on the show? Um, which I think is incredible and speaks enough for itself. But sometimes you get a person appears way more in an episode. And I enjoy when you do because to me that shows like yeah. their care for the show actually as well. Yeah, sometimes you see people, like, I remember, like, Kent, the Candace Bergen episode, I'm like, she looks like she doesn't want to be there half the time. Yeah, she kind of did, but if you, we talked about this then, if you ever yeah. watch her just in general, mm-hmm. um, sometimes she just comes across as a great A, you know what. Yeah, she's got RBF. Like, I don't think she's ever going to listen to us, but if she did, like, I don't mean that offensively, but I'm just saying, like, I don't, I feel like she'd be a person, if you walked up to her in public, she'd be like, please go away. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just do. And I could be wrong about that, but 
she just strikes me as that type of person. No, but but for this episode, I really I really enjoyed this episode because mm-hmm. I did too. The one you had a very you know nice guest star who was it was very into it. Like it was very into it a lot. Um, very entertaining. Uh, we had a lot of crazy Harry, which was a, a lot of crazy Harry, which is different. We don't usually mm-hmm. get much of him. Yeah, well, like so we had like a ru- and a running gag with with Fozzie the whole time. So I, I really this is this is probably one of my favorite episodes we've watched so far. I my favorite one is coming up in just a moment. Okay, but cool. I I would rate this one pretty high up there. And maybe that's something we do when we finish the season is go back and say, well, what's your top three and what's yeah, the least yeah. favorite? So, um, so we roll right into episode one eighteen with Miss Phyllis Diller. Oh. Um, this her. was produced uh, October 11th through the 14th of 76. So it premiered December 5th of 76 in the UK, February 14th of 77 in the America. Uh, this is an aging wardrobe woman, Miss Hilda, that we mentioned earlier. She goes through several changes through this episode because she actually says that she's only 35. <laughs> and she looks like she's an old woman. She's like, I'm only 35. So she does several things throughout this episode. She puts on a wig. She tries different makeup. She's just wanting herself to look younger and to gather attention. Um, and she's spotlighted a lot in the backstage plot for this first um, and, and last time, it says. So I was bummed by that. So I really, because I really enjoy her. Of course, Miss Phyllis Diller, um, born July 17th, 1917, and passed away August 20th of 2012. Did you know who she was? Oh, yes. Phyllis Diller was huge in comedy mm-hmm. even as a kid i knew her because <laughs> my, my dad was big into comedy and he mm-hmm. liked it and she was in a lot of things she was the bad guy yeah on um the bugaloos mm-hmm. i believe uh she she appeared on a lot she was like a lot she was like big in the talk so, talk shows like yeah. on the tonight show she was the queen of self-deprecating humor she had that that ha that and laugh. she would do the wacky um hair and clothes. She was like cackly, like you said, that like ha 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 like over exaggerated just persona. And she was so great. So great. Oh, she's one of the greatest comedians of all time. Um, she's actually been in a lot of voiceover roles mm-hmm. um for children's stuff. She um was in Mad Monster Party. She was the queen in Bugs Life. She was the grandmother in Jimmy right. Neutron. Um, and she's actually in Family Guy. Ah. Yeah. He was yeah. Thelma Griffin in Family Guy. Um, and she actually has a large following. She's considered a gay icon. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. She oh, they the loved first... her. Like, like yeah. kind of like how, how, how they love, like, those comedians. Like, because she's very flamboyant in the mm-hmm. way she dressed and was kind of kind of crazy and you could definitely yeah. tell where where she would have like a lot mm-hmm. of like gay friends because so so accepting how she is and back when it wasn't as accepted and so. she's been credited as an influence by big names Joan Rivers Roseanne Barr Ellen DeGeneres all credit her as yeah. like a huge influence which I think is saying something um she was actually one of the first celebrities to openly kind of champion for plastic surgery and i think that's why the tone of this show is the way that it is because i told you like hilda is that's one of the things they talk about is like having plastic surgery or getting work done because i guess that was starting to become a thing 
Um, and she was actually recognized by the cosmetic surgery in, industry for, for her work of saying, like, if you want to have it done, have it done. Like, it's nobody else's business. Like, yeah. do you for you. She was, like, probably for one of the first women screaming, you do you, boo-boo. Like, she and, was there. And she and she knew she was not glamorous. She knew. And she's like, yeah, of course I'm going to, you know, make myself look younger and everything. And she's like, I'm going to be, I'm going to, you know, right. she's like one of those, you do you. Like, I'm going right. to be me. I'm not hurting mm-hmm. anyone, but yeah. I think that's why we get the um, the setting of this episode, which is Hilda really struggling with um, how she looks at 35. And I think there's even a comment, and that's what makes it happen, is we open the show with Crazy Harry, which was really nice. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. So we open the show because Crazy Harry sets off an explosion before Gonzo can actually hit his gong. Mm. And Gonzo notes that that version is not so bad, which makes me wonder if Crazy Harry helped inspire Gonzo the Great in some ways. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, so Fozzie tries to introduce the show, claiming that he's doing so because work, Kermit works so hard. Mm. Kermit tells Fozzie, you introduce the show and I'll pull the rope. And the rope just happens to open the stage's trap door. So Fozzie is standing on top of it. Poor Fozzie. Poor Fozzie. Yeah. Exactly. So we get the, I say this, is it the Go-Go Lala Jubilee uh, Band? Is that how you say it? The, the the country band? Yeah, the country band, but it's like the Go-Go Lala or something. Mm. It's not the same one from before. No, I think some of the same people are in it. Yeah. Uh, but this is, because uh, it's a group of whatnots. And there's one that he kind of reappears, but they're just various whatnots. Um, okay. And they end up being replaced later by Lubbock Lou and his jug he, jug huggers. Blah. So right now they're just called the Gogolala Jubilee Jug Band. Um, and they do this kind of weird. See, this is we're go, we're going back to what we talked about. This weird opening where they sing this song called Mississippi Mud um, yeah. as they kind of tap their feet in the mud. Um, I don't know. I found this one strange. Yeah, I didn't like it because I one I don't like feet and it's kind of gross. I don't like feet either. Especially like you know dirty feet and I think yeah. it's a fine song, but you know I was yeah yeah kind of not mm. it's not up there and I really liked the last time we had like a jug band jubilee kind of mm-hmm. thing but I didn't I didn't care for this uh ver- this one at least yeah it was it was just there for me yeah. So this is when we start our backstage with Hilda. Um, the band is leaving the stage and kind of jostling Kermit around. Um, and he's congratulated by Scooter, who wishes, however, that they had wiped their feet. Um, as Andy said, they were stomping around in the mud, showing their feet off. So Hilda praises the show's guest star, Miss Phyllis Diller, about how long, young looking she is. Um, and she asks Scooter if he believes that she has had her face raised. And he considers whether or not she should do the same. After all, she's 35. And Hilda looks much older. They dress her as like um, quintessential, like what uh, my and generation would call like the old school librarian. Yeah. yeah with gray hair and glasses. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was really funny when she said she was 35. I was like, oh, boy, I'm older than that. Ooh. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Hilda is not, does not look. Yeah. Hilda. Poor Hilda's not doing well. Um, so Ralph the dog and Phyllis compete over whose life is more depressing, which I thought was <laughs> funny. They had this cupid, this really cute thing where he's like, um, would you like a drink? And she's like, I don't drink with anybody. I don't drink with strangers. And it's quiet for a second. She goes, hi, I'm Phyllis. And he goes, hi, I'm Ralph. And then they order drinks. They're, they're non-alcoholic, but it was still like 
what was it? Do you remember what the drink was? But it was like something, something, something on the rocks. But it's like clearly no alcohol in it. Like yeah. It was very kind of cute. I, I love how she, she says, do you make a habit of knowing a beautiful woman? He goes, yeah, but there are none around, so I'm going to annoy you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Why are you hounding me? <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah uh, I Phyllis think. kind of assures Rolf that, he, that she was born a loser, but Rolf says that she just doesn't know what it's like to live life as a dog. So she responds, don't be so sure. <laughs> and they, they have a triple cream soda on the rocks. Triple cream soda, that's what it is, yeah. Um. So Hilda's up in her game, and she decides that she it's time to become young again, and she dons a, just a long-haired wig, so she changes her wig, and she's positive that no one will recognize her. And, of course, Kermit comes by and is like, hi, Hilda, and doesn't even acknowledge her new look, mm. like, doesn't even bring it up, and she's very distraught by this, so she goes away. And we get Muppet News Flash again. This time, he reports on Miss Beverly Shepard, who is Phyllis Diller. And she's making aviation history by strapping a pair of wings to her arms and flying to Dallas, Texas. And she's from Mobile, Alabama. So they have her do this. This, Sorry, I'm Southern. So when they do Southern <laughs> accents, I get like, oh, my God. So they have her do this quintessential like, oh, it was so easy. Like, oh, so accent. easy. Like, she's like so me trying funny to do a Southern she accent. She did a pretty, pretty decent job. I won't lie. And so she... Talks about how she strapped these tinfoil wings to her arms. She put chicken feathers all over them. And she got on a plane and hopped and went straight to Dallas. And the poor news reporter, like, actually face palms. Like, <laughs> yeah. He gets very, I, I noticed the Muppet newsman gets exasperated very easily. He does, because he's like, I thought I had a great news story. Now I look like an idiot. Um, so we're back at the dance, which some of these don't usually repeat two episodes in a row like that. Yeah. But they are for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's for, fine. It's nothing really. Yeah, it's nothing too note. fun. I mean, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Zoot's back without Janice, and he's just kind of wandering the ballroom playing the saxophone. Um, I didn't like the joke there, though, because yeah. usually the joke is toots his own horn okay oh that's the phrase right Uh, yeah you toot your own horn yeah your own horn but she says blows his own horn yeah that's not the joke he's playing the sax and i get it but like i was like that was lame i didn't i didn't like it sorry it didn't work scatler and waldorf were actually dancing with each other oh i thought that was funny their little bit of dancing with each other was kind of funny yeah but the whole joke, the whole gag is Zoot and his saxophone, and I didn't mm-hmm. find the main joke of this skit. Yeah. Sorry if you did. His own horn. <laughs> uh, Zoot does tell him they need to get checked at the hospital because one tells the other one, I can't eat with, or I can't eat because of you, and the other one, I can't sleep, I can't see straight. They're trying to be like lovey goo goo gaga, but it sounds like Zoot's like, oh, you might want to go to the hospital and get that checked out. That part was funny. Yeah. Yeah. We do get our UK spot with a group that you enjoy. We get Dr. Teeth and Floyd Pepper, Zoot and Janice perform. Technically, it's not Electric Mayhem, but it's parts of. Yeah. I I noticed the UK spots are are usually a song. It is always a song, and I don't know why that is. And we looked up once why the UK got a spot that the States didn't. 
and I don't remember the facts on that. Well, we would I have think to Google through that. Uh, well, I, I, my guess is, as somebody who uh, actually works in television, is that mm-hmm. uh, the UK and 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 all of them have their clock for their programs is longer. Than they do have, have less care. commercials. Have less as ads. someone, yeah, and as less, someone less who breaks watches. and all that stuff. Yeah, and that may have been the reason why. Um, you guys, if you're new here, go back and listen to the, all of our other episodes, of course. But like we talk about why it is in one of them, and I just can't remember that yeah. factoid right at the second. So that was when you take an eight month, right? <laughs> Unplanned hiatus. Yeah, and no we had, Andy and I were talking earlier today privately. Our brains just don't hold information as well as they used to. Like they just yeah. don't. Yeah. Um, Lazy Bones is a classic Tin Pan Alley song. It's actually become a jazz standard and has been recorded by many artists, including Louis Armstrong and Harry Connick Jr. So that this song gets seen again a lot. Um, so that's yeah, pretty cool. I, I enjoy these nice little musical interludes we get here because there, mm-hmm. there's really it's really it's just a musical performance. Right. It's like it's like when you watch it's watching Saturday Night Live and getting yeah, that, and you like, get a musical performance, get yeah. a little break from the comedy and the and the yeah. skits and all that stuff, and it, it breaks it up. So I think mm-hmm. it makes the show more enjoyable. Uh, t- passes makes the show pass more enjoyably. I, I agree. So we get our talk spot. Um, this mm-hmm. time Fozzie and Phyllis are together, and she's trying to give him tips on comedy. Um, she's struggling because Fozzie's struggling. He kind of refuses to make up facts for the sake of his jokes. Like she's telling him, like you have to lie, and he's like, "Oh, I could never do that. I could never do that." Um, and you think everything's going great when she suggests the small apartment joke, mm-hmm. which is. Really cute. And she's like, I live in a small an apartment so small, my mind's are hunchback. So what did you think about <laughs> Fozzie's response here? Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he just kind of like just sits there. <laughs> he's and like, he goes, joke. I oh, can't I got do that. this. Yeah. No, no wife. He goes, I can't. Well, make up one. They don't care. He goes, I can't lie in my act. Like, yeah, Fozzie, that's like it's just disturbing. It's, just him. Like, it's flabbergasted. Oh, yeah. I can't do that. You just did. You told him you're a comedian. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Because um, his thing was, I do have a mouse in my apartment. He has gout. <laughs> I was like, that's funny for a whole different reason, but it's not yeah. funny, Fozzie. <laughs> uh, I love Phyllis in this spot. I think she's great. Because um, she interacts with him like he's a person. Like he's real. Like. I loved it. She's funny no matter what she does. She was on the game shows all the time when I was a kid, too. She had her I think own, I do remember her on some game shows. She, she had her own brand of chili. It was called Philly Dilly Chili. Oh, my gosh. I think I vaguely remember that. Now, yes. you know one of those, like, somebody will say something and it brings back a memory, and you're yeah. like, oh, yeah. I think I vaguely remember this. I, I really like her. She, in some ways, reminds me of my grandmother. It's the facial structure, the hair, just that, like, larger than life, like, everyone loves her attitude. That's my granny. I, I love that. So. Um, I don't know how you feel about this next spot. I really actually liked this one. I Ron. love this spot. You I, do? This is, good. this is a spot that actually is in, is in my, ingrained in my brain, and as soon as it started playing, I remembered it, like, like word for word. It I seems like it. it should be an opening uh, yeah. number. It does, because it's, it's just weird enough, right? Yeah. Hugga so we're on a distant, Yeah, the hugga wugga. So we're on a hugga distant wugga. planet, and he's a hugga wugga, and uh, he's a beast, 
uh, kind of being a tyrannical monster there to a loony bird. And this battle, song battle ensues, basically, where this little gentle creature just keeps singing You Are My Sunshine when he's trying to do this hugga-wugga horn. Like, he's blowing steam at him and everything. Like, This is probably one of the angriest looking Muppets we've had. Because he's like, he's red and he's got these eyebrows and and his eyes move. And you have this little, like, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine. Yeah. And he just keeps going. He doesn't care. is just like not having it. So this sketch was actually performed in 1971 as part of Nancy Sinatra's Las Vegas stage show. Moving with Nancy nice and easy. Um, and then was, of course, brought back again, obviously, here on The Muppet Show. Um, and then in Gonzo Presents Muppet Weird Stuff, it's revealed that Go- that this is Gonzo and Camilla's song, though they refer to it as a hugga-wugga-buggy-mugger. <laughs> but yeah. I love this one. So yeah, much. but this, like, just ingrained in the hugga-bugga and the You Are My Sunshine is mm-hmm. just ingrained in my head. It's, it's up there with... Monomena and the oh. Kuzbanians. Yes. Yeah, just like things that just like stick out from like, are, like oh. yeah. And the hugga bug of hugga wugga finally gets him, and he's his head goes flying off of the of the of the of the other one. Mm-hmm. It finally works, but uh, yeah. he comes back at the end. Still, he's still down there singing "You Are My Sunshine," yeah. and his head regrows. So yeah, hugga wugga's like, what is oh, what, what is happening? Right? Here? What in the heck? Poor Hilda. Um, so something else I've just noticed. I feel like there's a lot more different segments in this. So I guess maybe that shows Phyllis's like commitment to the show. Because it seems like there's a lot more blocks for this episode than some others that we get. <laughs> um, but we go back to Phyllis and she's having she's kind of received some beauty tips from Phyllis. Um, and she's sure that everyone will finally notice the changes that she made. Fozzie does notice. Unfortunately, the change he is referring to is that Hilda has recently cleaned the dressing rooms and changed out the towels. <laughs> Not her personal appearance. So she declares this means war. Oh, boy. I, poor lady. So we get Muppet Labs, which I enjoy a lot. We don't get very often. Oh. Well, um, we get we get more later. We like, Yeah, as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mr. Bunsen Honeydew is alone, and I was... I was like, oh, my God, that sounds horrible. He's showing off his latest scientific apparel, exploding hats, exploding earmuffs, and self-destruct neckties. Mm-hmm. Nothing Andy, ever goes right. Does it say you want any of those? Uh, okay. Well, maybe if uh, to give them as presents to some people. Oh, there's a few people I'd like to give a self-destruct yeah. necktie to. Yeah, there's some people that, that we should get like an exploding hat, but we'll, uh, we'll save that for another pod. <laughs> exploding yeah. your mouth that looks pretty funny though no it was funny but like everything is on fire and i was like oh my god this is why you don't make exploding clothing like that just doesn't seem like even remotely a good idea <laughs> um we get a blackout again so <laughs> i had to look this up so blackouts are shorts um because i was like why do they keep calling these sketches blackouts so it's a short comic stretch traditionally um that end with the lights just turning off for a quick closing of the curtain. Ah, okay. So it was, it says, for the advent of television shows like Laugh In could follow a punchline with a jump out, jump cut to the next sketch or a Mm -hmm. commercial instead of actually blacking out the lights. 
A series of blackouts appeared on the first season of The Muppet Show. They took place in front of a backdrop that had a fountain painted on it. And these skits each featured the guest star with a variety of Muppets. So I had to look out what that meant because I was like, blackout? What? Yeah, it's a a transition. That's all it really is. Mm -hmm. To go from one sketch to another and give a a beat. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. Phyllis and Gonzo discussed her pocket camera and photographs of, well, her pocket. (laughs) And that was it. It just fade scene. That's something Gonzo would be interested in, too. Oh, he would totally be. He'd be like, He does. In The Great Muppet Caper, he does an expose on kneecaps. That's right. He does. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we get Veterinarian's Hospital. Dr. Bob is operating on a very sick loaf of talking bread. Mm -hmm. And he's excited. He finally has discovered edible patience. Which, (laughs) I had a moment where I went, But he tells Janice, she's like, should I get the, I forget what she asked, what should she get? She's like, should I get this thing? And he's like, no, get the marmalade. Not a big marmalade guy, by the way. Depends, depends. I like marmalade, but not all marmalades. More of a, more of a jelly. I like jams. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's, yeah, that's an odd thing. Yeah, then we got Hachi Machi Hildy here. (laughs) <laughs> oh, she's coming in hard, right? Yeah. She, Kermit notices a very attractive woman backstage, but it turns that it's Hilda. And he notices how thin she looks. And she reveals that she's wearing very tight foundation garments, which I'm going to start using that phrase because that cracked <laughs> me the hell up. Well, it sounds better than a girdle, I guess. <laughs> it does, right? Um, so the girdle turns out to be far too tight and pops, kind of destroying her whole appearance. Mm-hmm. But Kermit actually comes in with some, like, really sweet things and he basically tells her hilda we've always loved you the way you are yeah and that's when she goes old gray mare is just what she used to be so that it takes her a moment to realize like and i think it's great that they did this on phyllis's episode because she is such a proponent of like do be be happy surgery no surgery whatever so i think maybe that's why they chose this topic Mm -hmm. but i loved it could be Phyllis now accompanies the Muppet Orchestra by playing the entertainer on the saxophone, um, which is funny. She's doing a pretty good job, but then there's a few moments where it's not so great. Yeah, so Zoot comes to, like, show her up, mm-hmm. and that's when it's really funny. I love how half the, like, three-fifths of the electric mayhem are in the orchestra. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, you know, you see them all, how different they are, because they have, uh, you know, tuxedos and stuff. Right. Phyllis gets out. the mouthpiece stuck on her tongue. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, nah, nah. she's like picking it away. <laughs> I really liked this. Um, and it was impressive. I guess she does know how to play the saxophone. She might, yeah. She might. I don't know. I mean, sometimes shows do that for like fun, a funny effect. Like that, that's actually not the person playing. But I thought it was great. Sometimes, so, sometimes they're like, what's your secret talent? Yeah. And, and you'll see that like as a different, like, you know, Dana Carvey. Mm-hmm. Is a uh, you know incredible drum player, and that's oh, yeah. why you see him do that 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 thing in, in Wayne's World. He actually does it on Saturday Night Live in mm-hmm. the Wayne's World sketch as well. But yeah, there are people like you don't know, like or like so adept or so have a, have another talent that sometimes they'll they'll mm-hmm. get it in and or build something around it. I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get the last of Phyllis Diller here, though. At closing, Phyllis asks Kermit to do her a favor, having him move to her right. Um, she's kind of bonded with Fozzie here is what's happened, yeah. right? Well, they're com- both comedians. Oh, yeah. And and you know what? The, he, he, she gets him. 
even though she's like he needs help, she gets him and he gets her. Like he thinks she's great. Um, what Kermit doesn't know is if you remember, he told Fozzie he'd put him in the trap door, and he did. Yeah. Kermit is now standing on the trap door, and the rope is in Fozzie's hand. Mm-hmm. Poor Kermit's going down. Yeah. yeah. So Waldorf says he loved the show, which they normally don't. They're always like, right? So Statler decides to pull a rope and open the trap door on the balcony, letting Waldorf <laughs> go down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when this aired on Nickelodeon, I don't remember. I don't know when it aired on Nickelodeon because when it was in the UK or when it came to the US, it wasn't actually Nickelodeon. I think we looked up once. It was CBS. Yeah, in 77. On CBS. Yeah. Yeah. But when they re-aired them years later on Nickelodeon, which would, I think, been in the 90s, I believe. Because they did a whole rerun of them in the 90s. I remember those. Uh, they actually cut out the Muppets Lab sketch. With oh. all the things blowing up. Well, yeah, that probably is not something good for uh, for children. Probably to, not. Uh, but I just thought that was about. funny. Like, all the other things that we had on TV at the time, and that's what they chose mm-hmm. to cut out? Okay. Well, no, uh, I mean, I, I did, again... Not to uh, talk about my day job that much, but I, I have worked for for that company back mm-hmm. when I was a freelancer. And right. the notes I would get on some of the shows I, I was working on, there was a British show called um, Big Kids or something like that. Yeah. And literally, I had to cut a, a scene at a skate park because one of the kids didn't have a helmet on. Like, so you oh. would not. Yeah. They so, don't want so, to encourage kids not wearing a helmet. Yeah. So, so yeah. So Nickelodeon and. Not Noggin and, and Nick Jr., those, they have very yeah. tight uh, standards and practices when it comes to things that you wouldn't even think about, honestly. No. They actually, so. Noggin has a whole segment, or because I used to watch Noggin when Caden was a baby. Mm-hmm. They had a whole segment on, like, safety and wearing your helmet and doing stuff like that, so it makes sense. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so we, I just want to take a quick break. Um, before we roll into our next two episodes, uh, we don't really have like sponsors or, or ad placement or anything like that. But what I want to do is take a moment and tell you about the Place to Be Facebook group that we I have. Know. All right. So, uh, Andy, you actually do a lot over there in the group. So mm-hmm. tell people like what they can expect if they come and join us. Now, they do have to be approved. Yes. Um, we will approve you to the group, but that's we do that, people, so that we can keep out the bots. Honestly, pretty much, we don't want a yeah. Group we, full of bots and ads and things that shouldn't be there. So and we we do have a group of admins, so it's like we're all we, do. we all do it together. We work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you can find in the place to be Facebook group is a great community of people that just are are sharing information. They're sharing jokes. They're sharing, you know, you have all those memes, uh, and especially since uh, you know COVID. <laughs> Which is like pick two places to live or, mm-hmm. you know, here you have 15 bucks and what would your perfect, you know, McDonald's meal be or something like that. And it's just a place for people to like kind of come, uh, you know, corrupt, corrupt, you know, get together. Yeah. And, and we also we share all of our podcasts in there. We share, um, you know, uh, we have tournaments, which are a lot of fun. We just finished mm-hmm. our big summer tournament. Uh, which was the greatest animated movie of all time. And it w- it went pretty by the numbers until the end when it was hard. It was really hard to predict. That one Although, was hard for me. There was yeah. some, there were some days that were really hard for me to vote. Yeah. Like it was, I mean, yeah. up, up had an incredible run. I can tell you yeah. that a lot better than I thought. It actually knocked out Aladdin. 
So Alice in Wonderland did better than I thought. And I'm saying that as like a hardcore Alice fan, because usually I'm like the lone wolf in the room. Um, I know there's a lot of us out there, so I'm not saying that. But usually in our little circle, I'm like kind of like the lone one out with my love for Alice. And I was very proud of how far she got and wish she'd gotten further, but I get it. Yeah, and you can't argue against Shrek versus The Lion King as the finals, and either no, that would have won. Tough. Although Shrek that, would have been, it would have been a little bit of an upset, I think, if Shrek had won, but The Lion King did win out in the end. Yeah. Um, I think Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I think, may have finished third. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun, and uh, we do big tournaments usually in the summer. We do smaller tournaments. Uh, actually, our friend, our co-host on the Disney Pod, Steve Riddle, mm-hmm. is uh, taking over. Yes. Running the tournament. So, you know, he will be deciding on the topics and he will be putting up all the matchups and all that stuff. So we look forward to Steve uh, taking over the the mantle and appreciate that he does uh, continue on with it because it is a lot of fun. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, it it doesn't seem to be a lot of people voting, but it's something every day you vote and it does um, get engagement and discussion among people. And it, it's just a fun thing to do that to, to yeah. pass time. It's just it's something interesting. That's yeah. what I feel. How I feel about it. And you, and sometimes yes, uh, they're they're not they're they're easy to predict. Like when I did the candy tournament, like yes, we pretty much if you had to guess which candy was going to win, most people would have said Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh, for sure. Which, which it did win because. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people that are allergic to peanut, have peanut allergies, and there are some people like my children who, well, my daughter, really, doesn't like peanut butter, and I don't understand it because both me and her mom both love peanut butter, and it's one thing that I don't eat as much on my diet because of the sugar, but uh, but it's not like coconut or, or, or other kinds of nuts. Right, where people have strong feelings one yeah, way or Yeah, strong feelings yeah. about them, or like for me, like I, if you, if you put a candy bar or you put like a gummy candy in front of me, I'm going to go with the candy bar, the chocolate every time. So, and, and so people, you know, most, a lot of people aren't that way. More people mm-hmm. gravitate towards the Jolly Rancher or, you know, the gummy, this, the gummy bears right. or whatever. So it's a lot of fun. I don't, I don't know. We don't know what Steve has uh, you know, planned, but whatever it is, it'll be fun. Um, so come join us over at the place to be group. I will say I have had a few people ask me like, oh, where's your Facebook page or where's your Instagram or where's your TikTok or whatever. And right now we're focusing as a whole just on the group together because we felt like one, it's less pressure and work for everyone. And two, it's a way that like you can get everybody introduced to all of the people that are part of our place to be family, not just let's be nation pop. It's like everybody is there. Um, so, also, yeah. also, we're doing the 31 days of Halloween while you're doing 31 days of Halloween. Uh, Every yeah. day. Yes, I am doing 31 and days of Halloween. Your, that's your thing. You love to do these kind of, hey, guys, these are our recommendations for, for this yeah. time of year. We, 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 you do it for Christmas, do it for Halloween, <laughs> and, and maybe some other time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Miranda does all the work on this, does some really great graphics, and, and every day is posting a recommendation on a movie to watch or yeah. a show or, or a special in this time of year to get you into the, uh, the, the spirit of the, uh, of the holiday coming up. And we have a hashtag I created a few years ago. Um, so if you watch anything during the month of October and you want to share it with us, um, use the hashtag PTB Halloween. All one word together. Mm -hmm. So yeah, come check us out. Um, 
oh my god i just totally blanked it's okay um so we'll go ahead right ahead <laughs> speaking of spooky season we'll jump right on in to episode 119 which is the one i mentioned a few moments ago that mm-hmm. would be my favorite this is my favorite so much um episode 119 is vincent price yeah i love him i love I, him I, I do love this episode as well and mm-hmm. uh fun fact it actually scared me as a kid when i saw it i could understand that i could totally understand that I did. um if you don't know who vincent price is you are either very young or living under a rock he has appeared on stage, television, radio. He's been in more than 100 films. He actually has two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, one for motion pictures and one for television. Price's first film role was the leading man in the 1938 comedy Service Deluxe. He was born May 27th of 1911 and unfortunately passed away October 25th of 1993. He is the king of horror and spook. Um, I think that's even what they refer to him as um, in this episode, Kermit does at least. Um, in honor of our guest star, this show is filled with monsters, ghosts, bats, vampires, and various spooky situations. We even have a three-headed monster who auditions for the show. We sing, no we dance, no we tell jokes. There's three mm-hmm. of them. Uh, this episode was produced October 19th through the 21st. And, you know, that's really impressive, actually, too, if you look at it. They did three days to produce this. Like, that's phenomenal. Um, In 1976, it premiered in the UK, April 23rd of 77, and January 31st of 77 in NYC. So it looks like it was flip-flopped on this one. Hmm. Don't know what happened, but for some reason, this and maybe this is where we were picking up and starting to become bigger in the U.S., and so who knows? Um. It appears in multiple different releases. So it's in season one. It's in Best of the Mumpet Show. And it's also in Monster uh, Monster Laughs with Vincent Price. Um, this is our first episode where all of the sketches actually center around a common theme. The common or the talking house sketch that we're going to get to is not related to the spooky theme, unlike uh, a skit from 107. This is also the first episode from the first season that was released on DVD. Oh, um, let's see in this episode during the talking spot the audience um, in this episode excuse me the audience shown during the talking spot includes many weird creatures some Muppet monsters and different Kuzbanians I think that was done on purpose to match the theme and for the first time Hilda introduces a number oh okay okay so we open our Muppet show with Gonzo, who shoots the O. <laughs> yeah, um, this um, and we talk. We mentioned this, I think, um, in our the episode prior to this one, that sometimes things are repeated. So you'll see this again in episode 124, 124. So season one, episode 24, um, he will shoot the O again. Now Kermit has the audience prepare for what he calls the weird, the strange, and the scary. And then he gets excited and says, because tonight's special guest is uh, the king of horror, Vincent Price. And he promises there will be no craziness, no slapstick, Mm -hmm. no silliness. And at that exact moment, he is hit in the face by Fozzie with a pie. Yes, really good comedic timing there. Oh, perfect. Fozzie nailed it this time. His comedic role was 100% wonderful. Um, And that's when Kermit goes, well, at least not much of it. Yeah. 
So <clears throat> I need to know how you feel about our first opening number here, because I felt like you may not like this one. Yeah, it's. I thought it, it was weird. I, you know, this orange, this orange uh, one. He, you see him a bit. He's called the. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. I. Another thing that that would freak me out as a kid was Muppets eating other Muppets or Muppets eating people. Um, and, and that happens a lot. There's a lot of eating of other yeah. things in this movie I, that are not food. I was always this, afraid that episode. like a, a Muppet or a monster was going to try to eat me. Right. And so in this episode, kid. it happens a lot. Like honestly. Because that does happen on other shows, too, like some of the Croft Superstars shows that I used to mm-hmm. watch as a kid. So I think it scarred me, man. Some, <laughs> some of these things were scary. Well, okay, so it was, it was the scary, 70s. But he's also singing. Is, so he yeah. eats this other Muppet, right? He eats this terrified, his name is Saky, uh, Shaky Sanchez is the name <laughs> of the other little Muppet that gets eaten. So that's funny. They don't ever say that. Like, they don't, I don't believe they ever call him by name, but if you look up show notes and stuff. Um, but the behemoth is singing under my skin. Yes. Which, it, when you're looking at it from this point, I always just thought it was like, it's supposed to be like a love song, right? Like, I've got you under my skin. Um, if you look it up, you may not know what it is, but if you look it up, you do. It's a classic Cole Porter song. It's considered a signature number for Frank Sinatra. It was used a ton of times on various different um, TV shows. It's been in different comedy versions of it have been done before. Um, but it's performed by Behemoth and Shaky together because he eats him and he's literally uh, in his body. Yes, under his skin. Under his skin. I, I, I do love the uh, Frank Sinatra version, by the way. Uh, one of my favorite CDs I own is the Rat Pack Live at the Sands. Uh-huh. And things are on that one. Oh, so, okay. Um, yeah, this one because cause he eats them and then he comes out and they continue to sing it and he, he keeps trying again. to like pop. He pops out of different like he pops yeah. out of his mouth. He pops out of his shoulder. This I could see would be very disturbing. It's a little disturbing. Um, but Shaky, who kind of like what makes it even more disturbing is he accepts his fate and he's, he he starts singing a verse of Kesarasara, which is yeah. whatever will be will be, <laughs> which is funny. But adds to the disturbing factor. And that scared the pants off of uh, Statler. And Waldorf wants to know if he didn't, if he actually just didn't forget, did he forget to put him on again in the first place? (laughs) Um, So then we go backstage and Scooter informs Kermit that someone would like to audition. And I thought this was funny because Scooter's being really vague. He's like, someone would like to audition. And he's like, Oh, bring bring him in. And he's like, well, it's more of a... And he goes, oh, well, her, bring her in. He's like, eh, it's more of a they. And Kermit is like, what? <laughs> um, and he meets the person auditioning. He discovers that it's a three-headed creature. <laughs> so it would make sense. Yeah. And they all, all three heads are different. Yes. So they're they all interested the, in different things. They all different, do different colors. Things. Yeah. Teeth are in different places. So. One got it's got and they have a big bird kind of look. Yeah. Like their mouth is shaped kind of like big birds. Their they, their feathers are kind of flucky everywhere. All of them have the same color feathers. They're they're green. Um, but then one of them has a green beak, one of them has a purple, and one of them has a blue. And um I think it comes later, but Kermit even asks them like who's in charge? And they're like, Oh, he is. No, he is. Oh, uh, I thought he was. Like 
And that you um, know, you know how uh, Kermit could have a short fuse at times. Yes, he can, and he does that mouth square up thing here that I mm-hmm. uh, you pointed out was not. Just him. I feel like it is because poor Kermit. That's his frazzled. Like I don't know what to yeah. do. Yeah. So we do get sweet Hilda. She's back looking like normal Hilda. Um, and mm-hmm. she gets to um, introduce the next sketch because Kermit has decided because it's her. It comes from her home country of Transylvania. So that means Hilda is Romanian. I did not know Hilda was from Transylvania. I, I did not either. Euro- she had, definitely has a European accent, like an Eastern European accent. Like it's definitely not very not. Romanian to me, though. As yeah. I have friends that are Romanian, so it's I like, didn't think she, was... she has a Slavic accent, like Hungary, like that area. Czechoslovakia. Yeah, like where I was living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, it's not very Romanian, but still, I think it's adorable. So Hilda is from Transylvania, and that's why Hilda is allowed to introduce the House of Horrors. Um, so Fozzie and Gonzo, which I had this moment. I remember this from a kid, right? But I had this moment when they're standing there at the, the beginning that I was like, how much inspiration, even though um, the Haunted Mansion is its own thing, has always been. There was when they're standing in front of this house, it immediately made me think of when they fir- when Gonzo first arrives at mm-hmm. the house in Haunted Mansion that we yeah. did together. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had that moment. Um, Fozzie and Gonzo have rented a summer cottage. Unfortunately, Gonzo got the ad from this place that he calls Vampire Victory, which if you pronounce it according to most Germanic languages, it would be, it is, it's spelled vampire, right? That would be, the W is a V and the V is a W, so it would be Vampire Weekly, not Vampire Weekly. <laughs> I, I, I caught that immediately and was dying. Um, so they were soon received a visitor who is Vincent Price, and he's looking for a room for the night. As the road has washed out and his horse has a flat tire. <laughs> and I think this is this our first. And it's fine. I don't, know, I don't think this is our first uh, uh, time with Uncle Deadly, right? I think we've seen him before. Uh, I think he's a. You know what? I don't. You, it may be. Uncle Deadly's well, first time. Let me see. And Uncle Deadly, who is definitely based on Vincent Price. Oh, absolutely, 100%. And, 100%. And, uh, we do see Uncle Deadly a bit uh, further. He does come up in some of the movies. He, uh, in Muppets, uh, I think it's Muppets from Space. Mm-hmm. He, he, uh, uh, he, I think it's Muppets from Space, or is it, or is it Muppet, the the Muppets. Where, I think it, no, it's the Muppets where he. Yeah, the Muppets where he is uh, oh. part of the part of the bad guy group, and yeah. he has a he has a really good arc in that. So apparently, this is the first time. Um, okay. He, made, he so he is a blue reptilian looking creature. He's known as the Phantom of the Muppet Show. Um, he occasionally makes appearances on the Muppet Show, and then he kind of faded um, from the show when and. In 2011, he makes a return in The Muppets as uh, Tex Richmond's henchman. And then he later becomes prominent on When the Muppets Get the ABC series. Yes. Yes. So we do get Uncle Deadly. He's one of kind of the – his role is increased over the years. Yes. His his visibility. um, This is his first appearance. This is his first appearance was alongside Vincent Price in episode 119. 
Um, he doesn't receive his proper introduction, though, until we get to 121. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, he's kind of going to be known as like a phantom. Mm-hmm. So, and well, he hears... he's got the creepy voice and, the, mm-hmm. and, and he's kind of like got that, that he sucks around look kind of thing. Like, like the creature, like he's like, you know, hides away in the attic kind of, mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Yeah. So we learn much more about him later. So I'll save all the other really cool facts next time Uncle Dudley shows up. Um, but he's really funny. Um, he does appear in the movies later as well. Um, Muppets, ta- he's in the Muppet movie, Muttons Take Ham- Manhattan. And he was actually even on The Tonight Show in 79 when Kermit the Frog hosted The Tonight Show. Which I would love to try to see if we could find that somewhere. Oh, yeah. I gotta, I gotta look that up. Yeah. Um, so they're at this house and his horse has a flat tire. Um, he's not alone. He has um, his uh, traveling with a beautiful assistant and a hideously deformed monster hmm. um, who is Uncle Deadly. There is trouble, though, as it approaches midnight. Uncle Deadly reveals that at midnight, his master um, turns into a screaming, maniacal, demonic, raging, bloodlusting animal. And he gets mean. Yeah. But something is different because tonight is New Year's Eve. In which case, he turns into Jack Parnell. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly the transformation you'd expect. That he no, had. it was not. Um, Jack Parnell actually served as the conductor for the Muppet Show Orchestra for the entire run of the series. He's a longtime drummer and part of the big band movement in England in the 40s. Parnell set up his own group, the Jack Parnell Orchestra, in 1951. And in 1956, he was hired by Lord Lude Grade as a musical director for the ATV Broadcasting Company. Um, he's worked on dozens of shows, including series um, spotlighting Tom Jones, as well as The Muppet Show here, and the conductor who takes credit for appearance of Buddy Rich on The Muppet Show. So he ends up getting other people to come on The Muppet Show years later. Very good. So, um, that's really funny. Yeah, he turns into Jack Parnell, and they kind of have, like, a little party thing. So, it was. They they have some gags. Like, it's supposed to be creepy, but they have some gags, and it's actually really cute. So. Um, Statler believes that Vincent Price is the scariest actor since Fudge McGurk, he says. Yeah. Who the hell is Fudge McGurk? <laughs> right. So, Thudge McGurk is a Muppet monster who appeared in Statler and Waldorf's balcony mm-hmm. um, after they had invoked his memory, which is what they're doing here. So, they invoke his memory, and he shows up. He has these three eyes, green hair, long orange horns, and these giant fangs. And he doesn't have just two fangs. He has four. <laughs> According to Statler and Waldorf, Thudge was a scary actor in the vein of Vincent Price. And his last film was The Phantom of the Soap Opera. <laughs> and he really likes butter on his popcorn. Oh, who doesn't? Um, oh, if you don't, I question you. I miss um, having butter on my popcorn on my diet. Oh. Thudge was actually constructed from a Miss Kitty puppet with an extra eye, patches of green hair, orange <laughs> horns, long fangs, and a tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that one was pretty funny. I it actually scares Statler right out of his seat, and I love it. <laughs> um, so we go backstage with Kermit, and we learn our three-headed monsters' names. Do you remember? Um, no, I don't actually. Tom, Dick, and Harry. Oh. <laughs> 
So Tom, Dick, and Harry are still waiting to audition, but they can't seem to figure out what it is they do. Because, Andy, as you said earlier, they all do something different. Yeah. Um, They get referred to as the triple header. <laughs> one says we sing, one says we dance, one says no, we tell jokes. Um, Kermit asks if they've worked on television much, to which they reply, always, sometimes, and never. And then they can't agree on a leader or a gender. No, he is. She is. <laughs> so let's just go to Sam introducing Wayne and Wanda. <laughs> right. Sam introduced Wayne and Wanda. They sing Bewitched, be- wa- Bewitched Bothered, and Bewildered. Um, which, while this happens, Wanda literally is bewitched and turns into a blue frackle. So... So this is actually um, a song that's, it's not just for the um, Muppet Show, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. It's been done by Ella Fitzgerald, Rod Stewart. Uh, It's supposed to be about that strange feeling that comes from falling in love again. So I like when they use these songs that are like known or known by many. So... Mm -hmm. That's yeah, and they, yeah, and they just they give it their own Muppet spin. Yeah, um, we have a panel discussion this time. I don't think we have a talk. We do have a talk spot. Um, panel discussions are usually really funny. Mm-hmm. This one is about gourmet dining. Uh, dining. Apparently, I just forgot how to talk. Um, we have <laughs> Gorgon Heap, who is like world-renowned eater, yep. and Pierre Le Cousset, who is the French chef, been invited to this panel. And we get it, people get eaten again. I know, I wrote in my notes, second time the monster eats somebody <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> yeah, so our, our Gorgon Heap eats Kermit mm-hmm. with the assistance of Vincent Price. I know. Because then he goes, mm, I love frog legs. I love, I know, well, he speaks in French gibberish, basically. Yes, pretty much. Well, well, Gorgon is like eating everything in sight, and then finally... Mm-hmm. Nothing else left to eat except for the chef. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which now you're going to be really hungry because who's going to make your food? Mm-hmm. It was prepared by Chef Escoffier. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he eats his, he ate my hat! <laughs> he eats everything, but he's the world-renowned eater. Of course he is. He's the eater of things. Uh, Apparently all the things. I could have sworn I had nightmares as a kid like that. It's like some Muppet monster was going to eat me after stuff like I that. I can see why you did, Andy. <laughs> I was like five when this came out. And then he comes over and he's about to eat Kermit. And you've already seen another monster eaten. I know. Uh, yeah, they're eating their own. Like, I could see where that would be disturbing. And Vincent Price is going to get on the action. Start season, uh, seasoning him up. The 70s were a scary time, man. It, I... I'm not doubting I, it. But, but, but you know, I can't blame him because I actually like frog legs. So. And there's a lot of work. But I know. It's like a bony chicken leg. Yeah. There is a lot of work. Well, but I yeah. ain't going to turn it down. Somebody's going to offer me frog legs. I ain't turning them down. Right. So we get the dance, which is really cool because it's just full of ghosts in the ballroom. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a couple of ghosts. There's actually a Dracula and his victim. We get beautiful day monster. Um, which we saw, was it the Floris Henderson episode, maybe? Yeah. Um, 
who, if you guys remember, appeared like on the Ed Sullivan show. Like he's actually got a lot going for him. Yeah, and everything's. A, yeah. We get really we get that effect that's similar to uh, the Haunted Mansion ride where you see yeah. the, the kind of uh you know you kind of see right through them. So yeah, and good. everyone's like dancing. Mm-hmm. You get Bass, Miss Kitty, a blue female frackle who actually takes her head off. Uh, George the janitor and Mildred Huckstetter, who we haven't seen in a little while. Yeah, I think we saw Mildred in the last episode. Oh, did oh yeah, they're the yeah, um, and they're the only normal dancers. Basically, yeah. Yeah, they're your problematic couple. They're kind of or emblematic couple. Well, they are problematic too, but <laughs> um, I really enjoyed this. Like, it's the. Uh, it's not the traditional at the dance, but I think that's what makes it perfect. And like yeah. you said, it does kind of give you strong Haunted Mansion ride vibes. Yeah. Um, we do get a UK spot with ghosts. They are haunting around backstage singing uh, the song I'm Looking Through You, um, which was an it's another just performed for this show. And Fozzie walks backstage during their number, which I thought was really cute, but he's terrified. He's yes. absolutely terrified. He runs away. Well, I'd be terrified too if I came back and saw ghosts singing in the backstage. Because haunted theater, that's that's like that's up there, man. I think depending on the theater, I expect it to be haunted. Like I think huh? I'm bummed if it's not. And if it's <laughs> like I won't lie, um, like not to go too off topic, but like it depends. I think you expect things to feel like a certain way, to have a certain vibe. Yeah. Um, we went to actually this open air um, market or we went to this open air museum because they were having a special welcome to fall market. They featured tons of like farmers and vendors all doing like um, there was like the company there that has like fresh yogurt and milk. They had like actual just meats, vegetables, like all kinds of different stuff. But they also had just like normal food and crafts and stuff too but we went and this museum like one of the oldest houses that they just restored is like from 1400 something um and it's the bathhouse so it's got all the different like bathtubs through time that would have been in this house super cool right but like there's certain parts when you're in this building that you're like oh yeah this place is for sure haunted (laughs) like there was just like this feeling inside your body where you're like yeah yeah i think i'll leave this room now since i'm by myself so like you kind of expect that from certain places you know Mm -hmm. i'm just saying (laughs) you're in a theater and they're like this theater was built in 1573 i'd be like oh yeah there's some ghosts in here yeah like like is there is this built on an indian burial ground too while you're at it jesus right i (laughs) mean it's germany a lot of things happen here um yeah. and the house was built in the, the this building was been full has been fully restored but it is originally from 14 like i said 1463 i think it was wow oh. and the building next to it is the oldest at the museum and was been there since like 1317 it predates columbus jesus <laughs> yeah yeah Mm-hmm. So I was like, no wonder I feel uncomfortable in here. If you believe in ghosts, which I do, I'm pretty sure they's in there. I'm just <laughs> so while I would be terrified like Fozzie, like, don't you want your like really old theater to possibly be haunted? Sure. It adds character. It does. And he's like, I don't know how much I agree with Miranda, but I'm just going to go with it. I'm just, yeah, sure. I got you. <laughs> I got your back. 
So we have our talk spot with Vincent, and he smiles mm-hmm. to reveal that he has real vampire fangs, um, which he grew on demand to showcase his acting prowess. Because he, I mean, Vincent really is still known as, like, the man of mystery and horror, right? Um, Kermit asks Vincent how he managed this, um, and the latter begins kind of a very pompous explanation about just years of training and concentration. And Kermit cuts his monologue short, kind of opening his own mouth to reveal a set of vampire things, which is freaking adorable. Yeah. But then he bites Vincent on the neck. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Which I kind of was like, again, someone's biting someone. <laughs> you don't feed these people enough. I mean, I understand the other two actually ate the person, but I mean, maybe that's what they meant by they promised um, scary and weird. And <laughs> well, there were like all kinds of stuff like that. Like as a kid, like you know, you, oh, you become a vampire too, and it's like there were uh, like some shows that did stuff like that. One, like there was an episode of Smurfs that did that. Mork and Mindy did something. Oh, they where did. Was, where where it was like you know you, they become the, like these ali- like these other aliens, and and mm-hmm. Mindy gets gets you know, part of it first, and then she's the one that gets Mork, and... Oh, yeah! That was, like, one of the things that, like, that's one of the things that scares me. It's like, you know, when I was a kid, was like, you know, becoming one of them. Everybody, because it, it was a reoccurring gag, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kermit has to tell the three-headed monster that they're not going to be in the show tonight, because, but they've already prepared a song called Tea for Three, mm-hmm. and upon hearing that, Kermit orders the three-headed Muppets out, and then leaves. Yeah. I kind of felt bad for the three-headed monsters. Yeah. I did. <laughs> um, so Muppet Newsflash could also be why you were terrified as a child. Yeah. This this one, I have it on right now. It's It, it would terrify me as a, as a kid. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he has reports that furniture is turning into monsters as a man watching at home is eaten by his living room furniture. Yeah. Literally, the Ottoman, number four. first the Ottoman, then his, like, his, mm-hmm. his little bureau there. Just like, and they all have fangs. Which kind of made me think of um, oh, Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas when they think they're doing a good thing, but the, uh, you know, towards the end of the movie um, and all the toys that they've left for Christmas for these kids, like, start coming alive and, like, chasing and attacking and stuff and, like, terrifying the shit out of the kids. Yeah, and then he gets eaten by the TV. This is all while the voice, while, while the newsman is doing the voiceover and then his desk gets up and eats him. What the? Oh, God. Yeah, poor Andy. Andy's about to have a panic attack with all the eating Andy's that has happened. Andy's gonna be in the corner, like rocking back and forth in a few. <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm like looking at my couch I'm sitting on right now. This ain't got no eyes, right? No fangs. This is my favorite episode. <laughs> <laughs> so we have another blackout. Vincent can't find Hilda for his dressing, so Sweetums appears and offers to give him literally a hand. Vincent half enjoys this, but is half puzzled and claims that this is kind of his joke. And it Hmm. kind of is. Um, Fozzie, though, is backstage as well, consoling our three-headed monster. But they've already come up with a new act. And they remind me of Fozzie because they're just so determined. You know how Fozzie's always like, well, what if I do this? What if I do this? Always trying to think of what act he can do. Mm -hmm. So one head has decided... That they are a straight man. <laughs> one will be the comic, and one will be the audience. Ah. 
And no matter how bad they are, they're always going to love themselves. Yes. And Fozzie kind of hugs them and like agrees with them, which I thought that was really cute. It's basically a message of accepting yourself, which we kind of had last episode with Hilda. Mm -hmm. Just in a different manner. Um, we get the talking house, which this is the only sketch without monsters or spookiness, which the talking <laughs> houses are kind of spooky on their own. I was going to say, like, the houses are kind of spooky, too, though. Yeah. I like the talking houses, though. Yeah, I do, too. Um, this next sketch I thought was really fun. Um, Vincent, Uncle Deadly, two ghosts and some random Muppet monsters, including Frackles, Droop again, the Purple Heap. A green heap, Miss Kitty, who has appeared a lot in this uh, episode, and one of the flowery eating monsters saying, you've got a friend. Mm. I really enjoyed this. What do you think? Yeah. No, it's because it's one of those uh, we think it's going to be one type of, of song. Mm-hmm. And it, they, they, they do this a lot where it kind of like they kind of bend it on their ear. Like mm-hmm. uh, what? What the? Uh, you know, you get the what the mis- It's a misconception song, really. It's like you think they're gonna sing something like, you know, I've got a spell on you or something like that. And right. No, here they're singing, "You've got a friend," which is, I think, it was like a James Taylor song or something. It was. It was done by. Actually, it was done by a couple of different people. Yeah. Um, James Taylor does do it. Um, uh, it was recorded on two albums in 1971, actually, by mm. Carol King on her album Tapestry, and then also by James Taylor on his album Mudslide and The Blue Horizon. Both actually won a Grammy for this song. Wow. Um, King got it for Song of the Year and Taylor for Best Pop Vocal Performance of a Male. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty friend. impressive. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's it's a it's a classic misdirection mm-hmm. with uh which is again something else that the Muppets are really strong at. Oh, they are. Mm-hmm. Um so that number actually, which is our closing number, um was cut from the season 1 DVD. Um mm-hmm. however, the song and its introduction do fear uh, excuse me, appear fully intact on the German release of that episode for some reason, including the English soundtrack. Mm, maybe that it's a, it was a big hit maybe in germany who knows i guess so they well probably based on the theme type of song i could mm-hmm. see that you know yeah um on nickelodeon the dance was also cut out by the way oh interesting i'm trying to think of why oh her head pops off oh that's right yeah um and brazilian earring um they cut out backstage scene after the house of horrors sketch uh which i don't remember what the backstage scene was after the house of horrors oh it was oh the they can't agree on gender or a leader yeah so that's kind of weird yeah for kids Um, confusing for children i guess yeah and then they also cut out oh for sure definitely at the time and they cut out wayne and wanda's number oh um so we end all our show with vincent using his what he's told sweetums was his Carmen asks the audience to give Vincent a hand, and Vincent says, well, I should give you one, to which Carmen is, like, completely floored and just flabbergasted. He's like, what? And that kind of rounds out um, 
episode 119, which um, is funny. I've noticed. So today we're, we're about to cover 120, and that's it for the evening for us. So we've covered the 17, 18, 19, and 20. Mm-hmm. But um, the Muppet Wiki will actually break down and tell you, like, when this released on DVD, it goes by disc, right? Like, um, disc. So we are actually covering the last three episodes of disc three and the first one of disc four. Ah, okay. I have these on DVD somewhere. uh, I think my mom does at her house, maybe. Or we used to. I don't know if she still does. Um, So it's very strange how they broke them down. So basically they put one, two, three, four, five, six episodes per disc with a couple of bonus free. Jesus, Louise. Bonus features as well on each disc. Um, So bumping on over to number 120, which actually means that our next episode will be the last four of season one yeah. before you will see us appear on Streamlands with our first movie. Yeah, I um, can't wait. So episode 120, Miss Valerie Harper. So mm-hmm. Valerie Harper, this one was production of, 20, of October 26th, 27th, 28th of 1976. Appeared um, November 22nd of 76 in America. So now we're flip-flopping. We're, we're there. We've officially mm-hmm. flip-flopped. And not until January 2nd of 77 in the UK, which UK seasons do run very much differently than American seasons do as well. So I'm wondering if that's where we're starting, like where the flip flop starts to happen. Um, Did you know who Valerie Harper was? Yes. As a kid, I knew Mm -hmm. who she was uh, because she was on the Mary Mary Tyler Moore show. Yes, she was. As... um, Rhoda and then she got her own spinoff mm-hmm. and then later on she appeared in lots of things and she uh famously got fired from her own show later yes was, she does uh, uh, Valerie's family uh which you know she was difficult I, I don't know the exact story uh, about it but she was fired and it became the Hogan family and they replaced her with Sandy Duncan who has been uh somebody we've already had on the Muppet mm-hmm. show yes did you know um, who Valerie Harper was? It was one of those, like, I know her face, I know her name, but what is she from? Uh-huh. Okay. It was like, I know I know you, but why do I know you? Uh, um, and then I was like, oh, yes, because my mom was a huge fan of the Mary Tyler Moore show um, <laughs> and the spinoff. And I remember, like, even watching, like, reruns and such of, of that, of both yeah. of those shows, actually. Um, and I had, then I vaguely remembered uh, the whole her getting kicked off of her show thing. Um, she was born August 22nd of 1939, and she did pass away of on August 30th of 2019. Yeah, she uh, she battled cancer for mm-hmm. a while. I do like, that. Yeah, she was a little young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, she was one of those, like her, Margot Kidder, like a little, little, little kooky uh, mm-hmm. in the later years. <laughs> yeah, which sometimes happens. Yeah. Um, in this episode, we get uh, Valerie showing up with an unexpected, kind of unexpectedly on the Muppet show, and she begs Kermit to let her do the opening number. Mm-hmm. Um, Statler and Wardorf end up going to be very impressed by her, and they're going to mm-hmm. fight over which one will pursue her. Um, so we kind of get started here with Gonzo trying to hit the gong with a large mallet, but it ends up collapsing on top of him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So this is one of the few times where our episode actually begins backstage. So we're backstage, but it's not a backstage gag. It is actually the opening of the show. 
Kermit is confronted by George, the janitor, um, about this big mess that's happening backstage. And George complains that it's because of all those Muppets blowing their tops. Yes, and we have a Muppet blow his top. <laughs> and we have a Muppet blow his top, which things, again, as we mentioned at the top of this episode, are quite literal, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what yeah. makes it great. So Valerie Harper actually arrives, and she's so excited to be here. She's a huge Muppet freak, as she says. And George encounters the comment by claiming everyone on the show is a huge freak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she asks Kermit if she could do the big opening number. Kermit is like, I've already scheduled Bertha Beasley and her galloping geese, hmm. which I thought was hysterical. I, lo- um, I love, though, that I think this is the first time we have somebody entered from the street, too. Yeah, like before it's like, oh, we're so excited for them to be here today. Um, but, yeah, this is the first, you're right. This is the very first time. Well, like, we also we have get had the when scooter read... opening uh, later on, too, where we get yeah. the 15 seconds, but it becomes a staple. Mm-hmm. But so we yeah well we I don't think we've ever seen anybody come in from the, like, the stage door the no, theater door. We've read facts about people mm-hmm. saying oh I really want to be on the Muppet Show, um, but that's off screen right that they yeah. said oh I really really wanted to work with this I really wanted to do this this is the first time that you have them literally show up like I mean yeah and it's filming it's done on purpose but this yeah. is the first time they've ever had somebody just pop by and be like let me be part of this. Um, Kermit discovers that she sabotaged Bertha Beasley and her galloping geese. Um, so he allows Valerie to audition with Broadway Baby, where she's impersonating Mae West and Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she's through, Kermit exclaims, well, that was great, I tell you. You're going to be going out on that stage a star, but you're coming back a chorus girl. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, she takes out the opening act, like, literally, like, 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 they, yeah. she gets pecked into oblivion, she says. Yeah. Um, she sabotages her by scotch taping a bushel of bird seed to her body. <laughs> so Bertha never makes it to the theater. That sounds horrible. Yeah, it doesn't really paint Valerie in the nicest light. Like, you know, she pulled like really? Crystal from uh, Showgirls here. <laughs> Like uh, how Nomi takes out Crystal, basically. Yes, folks, I compared the Muppet Show to Showgirls on a podcast. Deal with it. Oh my God! I, <laughs> I broke Miranda. See, we're getting late into the show, and I've, I've Miranda's like at the point where she's like, I've had enough of his ridiculousness. I don't know. That was really funny. And It may also be that it's like twelve thirty in the morning for me. <laughs> <laughs> So this is where Statler and Waldorf actually get super impressed, which makes sense. Mae West was a big name, Marilyn Monroe, big name. So when you're acting um, as those two women would, like, you're going to be impressed. And Valerie was a pretty woman, too. Um, So they're starting to argue over who's going to go backstage and meet her. And they decide to flip for her, literally flip. And Statler wins the flip. Mm -hmm. So one of both of our favorites. We haven't seen him in a minute. The Swedish chef. Oh yeah, we ha- it's been we hasn't been on any of the episodes with Charlie. It took you a second. Today. You're like, wait a second, no, we haven't. We have talked about him, but he's not actually appeared. Um, so he adds cream and fruit to a chocolate cake, but as he goes to cut it, the cake objects, but mm-hmm. in Japanese. Oh boy. So the cat the cake is instead dispatched by a karkish which is karkish Yeah, you do it better. 
It's based on that. <laughs> I don't think I, I, I probably I probably will be Swedish at some point in my life. I mean, I don't think that's how that works, Andy, but OK. No, well, see, this is what happens. I don't know if any of y'all have ever done, like, ancestry or anything. And every so often, like, you know, a couple times a year since I've done it, like, you know, we've all your results are updated. Oh, yeah, because the more people that do it that match your DNA sequence and stuff, especially if you have, like, a a sister or a mother or someone do it and you attach them to you, it Mm -hmm. improves it even more. So, like, well, yeah, I've told the story of mine improving even more, and I got excited, and then I just realized that I am literally the DNA embodiment of the whitest white girl ever. <laughs> well, no, like, I've had, like, I was Portuguese for for a while, and then now all of a sudden I think I'm, I think I might be Norwegian. I might have some, Nor- like, like, it's not large percentages, but it's like, because there, there are things that, like, aren't changing. Oh, you know? no, mine is a very large percentage. You know, the Russian-Polish is never going to change because that's my mother's right. side, and but, you know, my dad's side, my great-grandfather kind of got around a little bit, if you know what I mean. Uh, and I am a mutt like you wouldn't believe. I mean, I got, like, you know, like, Ghana, and I have uh, Senegal, and and I think Martinique, the Caribbean island. But then no, I also mm-hmm. got, like, you know, Wales and Ireland and, and, and all these other things. And it's like, so I, I'm telling you, Miranda, at one point, I could be Swedish. Okay. Well, I am not. I am <laughs> 92% British and Irish. And then they broke that because, you know, you've done it. So, you know, they tell you, like, you're 90% from this area. And then they break it down any, even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and inside that 92%, if you take that and make, like, yes, you're only 92%. But then, like, 100%, right, is what you're working off now. So then when they break it down even more, they're like, oh, you're nine, you're like 80% Irish and 20% British. And I'm like, great. So I am 92% Irish and British. Wow. And they updated it a few, like a while ago. And I got like, oh, you also have South Africa. And I got super excited. (laughs) Now it's where all the white people live. I have, I have relatives in South Africa too. My grandmother, uh, my father's mother was German, is German Jewish. Uh, was German Jewish and her her relatives uh, fled and they went to South Africa. Right. Well, yeah. So uh, I am just the embodiment of the whitest white girl possible. And and this cake speaks gibberish as well. Japanese. He's speaking Japanese. Yes. It says. And he said it becomes the cake smoosher. Smoosher. Cake. I love I love the little cut they do because when he when he lifts the hammer when he lifts mm-hmm. the bat it's a muppet. It and is when a muppet. He hits the cake. It's an actual cake. You can actually, um, so if you go on the wiki, you can actually click on, uh, like, the baseball bat, and it tells you that, like, baseball, the baseball bat appears again, which yeah. I thought was funny. <laughs> um, we have Statler and Wardoff, Wa- Waldorf, that's a big thing. So Statler storms backstage because he won the flip contest, and mm-hmm. he is demanding that he meet Valerie. He's even prepared a line for what he's going to say. Wow. Hiya, toots. You some kind of hot-looking tomato. <coughs> yeah, that's not really a uh, 2022 pickup line, no. I guess. It is very much a very old line from a very old man. Um, well, and Statler tells Herman about his right. gift for Valerie. Mm-hmm. An African berry bush. Oh, it wow. grows at the rate of three feet an hour, except when it rains. And it grows faster. 
<laughs> I don't know that I want that plant, but I think maybe that's the Jack the Beanstalk plant. Could be. Yeah. I mean, if you're growing that quickly, it has to be. Um, but of course, Kermit is like, you got to leave. Styler refuses. I mean, he's old. He, he has persistence, right? Yeah. And all these old names, he's talking about the Barrymore's like Lionel and Ethel and everything. Oh yeah. Will you get out of here? No, I'm just going to sit over here at my bush. (laughs) (laughs) They also do this genius thing where um, those are really funny, like, what would you say, like teenage, preteen kind of jokes where where they could be taken another way? Entendres, double entendres. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I would. It evaded me the word there, but yeah, I think they're they also do that very simplistically, but very well. Yeah. So Muppet News Flash, our newsman speaks with Miss Killinger or Klinger, right? Klinger. Yeah, Miss Klinger. Miss Klinger, who is Valerie, whose husband Gus has gradually turned into a rug, and had to sue for divorce because he did not match the drapes. Ah, the carpet doesn't match the. Oh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I liked that one. I liked that one. Uh, not the first relationship that may have uh, broken up for that period, that, that reason. But don't bullshit. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a poem by Ralph, the butterfly. And as Ralph recites his poem, a small yellow butterfly flutters by. The poem, though, is interrupted, however, when a giant butterfly catches Ralph in his net. which i thought was just really funny like yeah it's not super funny but it's funny like i found it funny it is it's it's kind of amusing here it's not as funny as the carpet matches the drapes thing but it's funny like in its own in its own way (laughs) so sweet george in his ignorance Decides to water Statler's plant for him. He's the custodian. He's supposed to take care of things, right? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So he's just doing his job. Water the plants. Clean up the area. But it immediately begins to grow. Because if you remember, he said it grows three feet an hour unless it rains. So to assume that's the same concept of unless it's watered, right? And it begins to grow out of control. And Statler claims that it's going to eat everything in sight. George is looking very unkempt, even more so than usual here. I would be frazzled, too, though, if I watered a plant and it immediately started growing like that. Mm -hmm. But you're right. He comes in that way. Like Like, like his like his like his his coveralls are wide open. And and how the hell did Statler get up on that crate? I don't know. I, I don't. But I would also have to imagine that we're starting to see George more disheveled and disheveled because we're almost at the end of season one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Think of all the crap he has put up with by now. Yeah, he's cleaning up after Muppets. All day. Blowing their tops. Mm-hmm. You know, feathers everywhere. People pouring bird seed, getting locked in magicians' cages. I mean Dirty Harry oh blowing up shit everywhere. Crazy right? Harry. Yeah. Gonzo and his stunts. I mean, Statler and Waldorf and their stunts, breaking teacups. I mean, think about it. Yeah, and, and come on. And mo- if monsters are eating people, they got to go to the bathroom at some point, right? You're not wrong. Because right, they, And they got to be pooping the people out. I would imagine. Yeah. Um. So we go to the dance. 
And the poor, that baseball bat, it strikes again. Mm-hmm. It knocks the head off of one of our blue freckles. Oh, boy. To be honest with you, I don't remember anything else that happens in that dance sequence. I think we get Dr. Teeth here. It might be the first time we see Dr. Teeth in the, in that dance. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's dancing with, uh, what's her face? Uh, uh, you know, the, the purple lady. The purple lady. Uh, Mildred? Okay. Mildred, yeah, he's dancing with Mildred. And yeah, the oh. the blue frackle gets his uh, his head knocked off. Because he's dancing oh, yes, he with, uh, with uh, the, the green lizard with a wig on. Yeah, with the, with the things. Kind of yeah. looks like George Washington. <laughs> That's a good Oh, if you guys look it up, that's a good description. <laughs> oh, so on our UK spot, which as we've mentioned is always a song, it's Rolf and Sam the Eagle, and they perform Titwillow, which uh, is from Gilbert and Sullivan. That happens a lot. It's from Gilbert and Sullivan's light opera, The Mikado, which tells the story of a sorrowful dicky bird who sings Willow, Tit, Willow, Tit, Willow. That was a mouthful. Until he plunges himself into the river flowing beneath his tree. Wow. <laughs> I did not know that. Tit Willow and Dickie Bird. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm struggling here. Oh, uh, God. Uh, you know, mature is always the two of us. I know. At the end of the day, there's a lot of me that is a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Seriously. I, I, I'm like, I think like, oh... No, people are expecting me and not expecting my son Dylan right now. <laughs> we could give them Dylan and Caden, but oh yes. God. <laughs> the most incoherent so, podcast ever. <laughs> yeah. So the singer kind of interprets this bird's actions to be the result of unrequited love and telling the story of his beloved threatens to succumb the same fate should she not return his infection, uh, affections. So Sam is eager to sing when he learns that it will be a culture song. He he loses interest. Um, however, when he hears the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Sam's face is too that cracked me up right now. Oh, Sam's face. He looks so disgruntled. Is he like he knows like there's like a joke in there. Like, you know, like there's like people yeah. are gonna take this the wrong way. He's like, I am not saying this, basically. Yeah. Um Oh, this song, he's assuring him, like, this song is from a light opera, therefore it's respectable. And Sam kind of becomes increasingly, like, awkward and impatient as he repeats Willow, tit Willow, tit Willow. <laughs> and he's trying to ignore the audience laughing because he doesn't understand it. Because Sam is wholesome and pure, and that's why he likes Wayne and Wanda, is because they're wholesome and pure. Yeah. Um, what's funny is an alternative title for this song is actually the first line of it, which is On a Tree. By a river, a little tom tit, which is just too much. Yeah. <laughs> just too much. Um, we move on, and Floyd Pepper and two whatnots sing Searchin' while seeking out Mary Louise, who Mary Louise is the one that she gives me hardcore uh, Prairie Dawn yeah. vibes. Like, I'm pretty sure that's where they got the idea of Prairie Dawn. Um, Searchin' is about a man who kind of likens himself to a famous detectives. Um, Sergeant Friday is looking for the girl of his dreams. It was a top 10 hit for the Coasters, um, on the B side of their Youngblood single and was later covered by the Beatles. Ah. 
Um, he's in a forest, though, searching for Mary Lou, who's dressed in a yellow toga with a wreath of flowers on her head. And she always seems to pop up behind Floyd when he's looking in the other direction. Hmm. Um, the two guys are kind of creepy, though, these two whatnots. Oh, yeah, those whatnots. One looks disturbing. He One looks like he just left the Amish commune. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, I mean, with their yeah, with their 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 beards and their trench coats, yeah, like kind of. Yeah, the one, the blue one with like all the red hair and stuff. I'm yeah. like, he just left the commune. He doesn't even know what he's doing. Somebody just yeah, asked the other one looks like he just got on parole. <laughs> <laughs> well, in all fairness, that's probably the two people that would be the best at helping you locate someone. Yeah, probably. I'm just I, saying. I'll find her. I'll look over there for you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, both whatnots were actually performed simultaneously by Jim Henson. Ah, there you go. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done it before with the snows, the little purple okay. uh, mm-hmm. people. I literally, lo- I really love them. Um, and if you don't remember what a whatnot is, because we brought it up several times this episode, but I didn't say what they are. Whatnots are literally when they have just like various pieces backstage and they just pop them together based on the skit that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so these people were literally, their pieces were literally like felted on or glued on or whatever to create the Muppet just for this. And then they'll be taken back apart to be used later in various ways. Or they might just take off like the hair pieces or something like that. But they would literally, whatnots are literally like, Different pieces of Muppets, like, thrown together to make a look for the sketch, essentially. Which I think is really cool. The idea is also creepy. The thought of this just giant room of, like, whatnot pieces everywhere. Yeah. I, I, I find it disturbing that, and entertaining, and I both want to see it. As much as I would love go. to visit, like, the Muppet Studio or something like that, walking oh in God, there and yeah. just seeing the Muppets, like, just standing there, like, that would freak me out a little bit, I think. I think so, too, but there's this macabre sense yeah. where I still want to see it, if that makes any, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. So, Wardoff is jealous, of course, of his friend, and he's kind of left to his own devices, which we've learned anything. These guys shouldn't be together, but they shouldn't be apart. Yeah. <laughs> so, he tries to amuse himself by making faces and tickling himself, and I'm sorry, but these faces disturbed me. Yeah, it kind of looks like he's a... Doing like something else. Beat up. Well, it kind of looks like he's been, like, beat and disfigured. Yeah. Like, seriously. Like, he's all, like, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. No, no. Not the best uh, use of uh, Waldorf no. there. I mean, kind of funny, but it felt like a filler that was unneeded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it proves the point that they shouldn't be apart, that they're meant to be together. But, like I said, they also don't need to be together either. Like, yeah. Okay. Um. So, Kermit confronts Statler about his plant kind of running amok. And Sattler tries to protest, quoting from the theater goer's manual. Um, Kermit refers to his comments as hogwash, which I love because I heard that word growing up so much. Um, George, who was about to go wash the hogs, though, um, which (laughs) cracks me up. He determines that Kermit does not want the hogs to be washed. And so he dumps his bucket of water on the plant again. Which causes it to do what, boys and girls? It grows even more. Grows even more, much to Kermit's detriment. Because now he's caught up in his vines. I, I, I am really surprised that Kermit has had, not had a breakdown. I mean, he almost did, if you remember. Yes. And he got really snarky Kermit one episode. And I loved it. Um, so Valerie is in her dressing room and she's in search of a comb. And this is when she's introduced to Bernie, the makeup man. 
who is also known as Easter Bernie. <laughs> yes. Who is the Easter Bunny? He's a blue rabbit who appears in several of the first season episodes. He gets his name in a scene with Hilda and Valerie Harper. So he got his name this episode mm-hmm. um, when he appears in her dressing room as the makeup man. When Bernie gave Valerie an egg, Hilda cracks up that he was the Easter Bernie. Mm-hmm. Unlike other animals on The Muppet Show, though. Uh, the Bernie puppet was created from a whatnot head. Oh, you kind of look like Most animals have distinct, as we just mentioned, whatnots are usually just random parts. Mm-hmm. Um, this time they used a whatnot head to create Easter Bernie. Which uh-huh. I like. I really like that. I thought that was clever. Like a it filler. Is. You know, you don't see much of, and this is an example of what I was bringing up early, earlier. You don't see much of Valerie in this. No. Um, she came in begging to do her thing. She did her opening number, which caused the argument between Statler and Waldorf. She did Muppet Newsflash. We just got her right here in her dressing room. Um, and we only see her, like, two more times, really. Yeah, yeah, probably well, most uh, minimal mm-hmm. of the hosts we've had so far. I would agree. Yeah. Um, so Kermit has to kind of... Get a helmet and cut through this berry well, bush. We, we, we oh. skipped over something that happens at what the end it? of this uh, Hilda, Valerie. And she gets kind of goosed at Valerie Harper, like pinched. And it was oh, animal. Yeah. And he comes out, hiya, sweetie. Like, I'm like, I don't know how that would play these days, but I love animals, so I'll give him a pass. And he's, it's a Muppet. <laughs> it is a Muppet. It is a Muppet. But I had forgotten that part. And Maybe Valerie bats, over it. And bops him on the head, too. Oh, kind of him good out. for him because you know don't go around pinching people and call them sweetie mm-hmm. not, a, not all of us like that it, it got Kermit with the with the like you know Dr. Livingston hat here you know yes <laughs> they call it a pith hat or okay. a pith helmet um, oh pith yes yeah pith helmet sorry my accent it probably sounded weird <laughs> well it sounds uh, like you have like a like a list like oh it's a pith helmet it does a pith it, yeah a pith yeah, I don't have a lisp. I'm just Southern. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm currently living in Germany. My husband's from Illinois. I'm from the South. We're living in Germany. I was learning Slovakian for before this. So, like, you have to forgive me. I'm now a jumble of words, okay? Plus, plus your, your podcast ho- co-host is a New Yorker. Yeah, see, so, yeah, there's a difference. Like, yeah, you and Jerry will both be considered Northerners, but there's a difference in Chicago Northern and New York Northern. Yeah, Chicago kind of talks like that. Like, like He doesn't, uh, though. He doesn't. Yeah, we see, my, my New York accent has gone down a little bit since I've been living in Connecticut. But yes. Like, Connecticut's basically like, you know, New York. Half of it's New York, half is Massachusetts, really. Mm-hmm. It's just, but, you know. Some kind of agreement was made to make it its own state at some point. <laughs> you and him have this talent, though, that you can do where if you need to pour it on, you can. Yeah, not for But nothing. that's not what you sound like every day. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, I always sound Southern. It's not as deep as it used to be. Oh, I promise you it's not. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but he's got his pith helmet and he has to cut through the berry bush jungle just to get to his desk. Fozzie then informs Kermit that he will be unable to do his act, which is surprising because he's always like so pushing to do his act no matter what. Right. Mm -hmm. But apparently the plant has eaten his cue cards. Oh, no. 
Oh, no. So Statler tells Kermit that if he will allow him to meet Valerie, this whole mess could have been avoided. Like, if you just let me meet her, this would have never happened. Um, to which Kermit states, the only por- person you're going to meet back here is Tarzan. And we get a Tarzan scream. <laughs> Much better. Um, Statler, though, just goes, hope he's a good dancer. <laughs> we get Wayne and Wanda, which we've gotten a lot of them lately. We're getting more Wayne and Wanda in our life here. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Well, I think I think they kind of go away, though. I don't think, I we think see they do. Much in, the, in the later seasons, I don't think we see them much. It's true. Um, and they're not a favorite of mine. I I don't know. They're fine. They're, they're fine. Like a, they're, like, they're like a sorbet. It's fine, but yeah. it's not the best. Yeah. Um. So they sing on a clear day. You can see forever. Um, this is from Burton, De- Burton Lane and Alan J. Lerner's musical On a Clear Day You Can See Forever, which was performed by Wayne and Wanda as they picnic. Um, predictably, though, the hapless singers barely get through the song's first verse before their clear day is ruined by smoke that fuels the stage from the factories in the background. <laughs> um, in one spot on the wiki, it tells you the fog rolls in, but that's yes. not what it is. It's actually smoke from the background um, <laughs> factories, which this has happened before. Remember, they did one where they're talking about a beautiful day or something and the wind like literally blows them off screen. Yes. So, yeah, it's one of those like kind of funny. It's fine, but I don't love it. Yes, I agree with that. Um, Muppet Newsflash. There's, there's nothing. Nothing, just whoops. Whoops, gone. There's nothing. Yeah. Nothing there. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think this was literally just like, uh, let's add something? Yeah, like kind of. funny. And again, we, it's funny. We need a transition. Yeah. Should have just done a blackout. You should have just yeah. done a blackout with me and Wanda and gone yeah. into Valerie. Yeah, they could have, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we get Valerie in her dressing room, and Kermit informs Valerie that she's going to have to perform her closing number with the Claude Hoppers. Which I heard that word a lot growing up. Did you know what this word was? I, I've heard it, but I, I didn't know it meant anything. Yeah. Um, so, but here specifically, the, our Claude Hoppers are a group of dancing blue monsters who reminded me of both Telly and Elmo. And I got, I got Grover. You know and what, Grover, you know what, yeah. You know what it looks like? It looks like those fake, it would be like a fake Grover that would try to get take, get you to pay them money to take a picture with them yes. elsewhere. Like when you get like a knockoff of something. It's like it's like the, the the Chinese version of Grover. Yes, one looks a lot like Grover. One looks a lot like um, Telly. Yeah. One looks like kind of a cross between Elmo and Grover. So mm-hmm. they definitely all lend each other a hand. You know, yeah. like they all kind of. Um. But Claude Hopper, like when I grew up, if you're in the South, they'd be like, take off them Claude Hoppers. It usually it's like meant a, like it was your shoe, right? Yeah, it was your shoe. Noise. It mainly meant you were like stomping around mm-hmm. and making it loud and known that you had shoes on. My mom used to say it about our boots that we wore like out to the barn, like on the farm. She used to call them, or even my grandmother, but they were dear Claude Hoppers. Like you need yeah. to take them off. Yeah. We, we used to hear um, for like, for, for, 
back in the day before Timberland boots or whatever became something, mm-hmm. people used to refer to them as shit kickers. Yes, that's what we called our boots, too, because honestly, yeah. I mean, no offense, but that's kind of what we did with them. That's what farmers, do. I mean, you mucking around. That's what muck mm-hmm. is. Muck is shit. I'm muck, um, I'm muck, I'm muck, I'm muck. Right? Speaking of, though, kind of sidebar, you said before Timberlands and all that became something. Um, so it gets obviously cold here in the winter in Germany, like it does for you up there. Yep. Um, and I was telling Jerry, I was like, I need to order like some actual boots. And I found a pair that I really loved. They're insulated and everything. Um, they're Doc Martens, right? Uh-huh. And I used to have a pair of Doc Martens when I was in like middle school and then another pair when I was in high school that I know I bought for myself. And I remember them being on the pricier end, especially when you're a kid that only makes $5 an hour at her mm-hmm. job. Um, but I got so excited and I was like, yeah, and Doc Martens like were the best. They lasted like forever. And honestly, yeah. I don't even know where mine meant. Like they probably got borrowed by somebody and just never returned is most likely yeah. what happened. Do you know how expensive those things are now? I, I've never owned Doc Martens, so, but I, I know they were the thing back in the 90s. They were, they were. And they were, like I said, they were expensive, but not that expensive because I was able to afford them for myself on like a $5 an hour salary, right? Yeah. Uh, talk about, I put them in my cart. They were try before you buy on Amazon because we have that here in Germany as well. And if I keep, if I kept them, which I ended up canceling the try before you buy order, they were $240. What? Hipsters ruin everything. <laughs> and that is my rant as a Gen X slash elder millennial because they can't decide what I am. <sighs> Anyway, that is my Claude Hopper's rant of hipsters ruin everything. <laughs> Am I old enough and do I have enough to afford $240 shoes? Most likely. Am I going to do it? Absolutely not. Oh, you crazy. I can't even. No. I can't even go there. So, don't even get any Claude Hoppers to be like the Claude Hopper group because hipsters ruin everything, boys and girls. <laughs> um, the clod hoppers feet were actually attached to the performer's feet, which I think was really cool. While their heads and hands were just the performer's hands, puppeteers actually dressed in all black to hide themselves against the black background. So, kind of the concept of what we do green screen today. Yes, black on black. We do mm-hmm. more just green screen today. Um, the clod hoppers also appear as a Dixieland band much, much later in episode 324, um, and where three members of our group are going to dance with Paula Abdul. Oh, okay. Um, the Clot Hoppers were specifically designed by Jim Henson in 1972 for a Broadway show that was never actually developed. But the first appearance of them was on a TV special with Julie Andrews of My Favorite Things in 1975, where they were called the Clunks. Ah. They do appear on stage in 1993 live in London in front of the royal family for mm. the royal variety performance, though. So, pretty cool. Um, And I throw that stuff in. Maybe it's not important, but I think it's neat that it adds to, like, this is how long it went back. This is where it came from. Because some of this stuff, like, it came from, like, a different variety show. Um, So, she does. She performs. And she does Nobody Does It Like Me with the Claude Hoppers. And she's in this, like, really cool, uh, like, green number that I thought was really awesome. Very 70s. Yes. Uh, Yes. Very 70s. 
Um, Nobody Doesn't Like Me is from Cy Coleman and Dorothy Fields. It's a last Broadway musical seesaw. It's very upbeat about a woman who can't seem to do anything right, especially fall in love. And I think we've all been there. So uh, it kind of is, uh, it's very catchy. And in some ways, because we've all been there, like, we're like, hmm, yep, yep. Um, the, we had a Muppet guest show star. Uh, we haven't had her yet, um, but we will have her. Shirley Bassey will record this song. Um, she actually recorded the song herself in 1974 on her album, also by her name. Just her name. So that's pretty cool. It's not one of those just made for the Muppets songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we do close it out. And like I said, this it's kind of weird. Uh, we haven't seen much of Valerie. She does come out and close it. And Statler finally gets to meet her, and he presents her with a small African berry bush. It's the original's firstborn. Oh, okay. And he, which, I mean, I could understand how that would happen with all that growing back there. You know, it was a full-on jungle. So, (laughs) he does try to invite her to a steak dinner, but she's a vegetarian. So, she agrees to just eat at the plant, which I feel like. That could have been a funny skit where she comes back and this plant has taken over and he's like, well, I was trying to give you a plant. She's like, that's okay. I'm vegetarian. Yeah, it could have been. And the plant Years could have later. Been, like, shaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe somebody else has thought of that, but I feel pretty like, hey, I'm smart. <laughs> so this uh, ends, this, ends this episode, um, but it was actually season one most forward looking episode. Um, pressing, blah, 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 I can't talk. Um, so it kind of preferences the developments for next season, basically. It begins with the scripted spontaneity, like you said. This is the first time of her just arriving and asking if she can be part of it. She auditions with an elaborate stage that, that actually takes place backstage. We didn't mention that. She has a lot of quick costume changes. Um, the sense that the Muppets don't know exactly what they're doing until it's supposed to happen is an important part of the show's controlled chaos aesthetic. Um, but it's kind of only in this episode in the first season where we have major element changes like that. So it's pretty neat. Um, even though we have a newly rebuilt Sam the Eagle puppet, um, the version of Sam and Eagle from something we brought up and we haven't brought up since, <clears throat> um, the sex and violence that that was like his whole goal. If you remember. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had built a new Sam, the Eagle and he appears in the UK spot where, like we said, he looks very disgruntled. The version of Sam, the Eagle from sex and violence is what's used for Wayne and Wanda. And that's why there's a slight difference. Cause anytime Wayne and Wanda appears, Sam, the Eagle appears. Yes. He's always mm-hmm. introducing them. Um, in the, la- in the last episodes at the dance sketch, um, the Blue Frackle danced in drag with Miss Kitty. And in this episode, the Blue Frackle appears as normal. But his partner, the Green Frackle, is in drag. <laughs> Both times, he ends up headless. And you're right. It says exceptionally Mildred's partner is Dr. Teeth instead of George the Janitor. Yeah. You're right. Um, this is Statler's first time appearing backstage. He and Waldorf will later appear backstage, like much, much later in episode 517, uh, where we get to watch them run the Muppet show. Ah, I don't remember that. So it would be nice when we get there. Yeah, I don't remember that either. Um, so something that you had commented on that I should have mentioned earlier, when you were talking about um, when Statler's revealing to Kermit the people that he's dated, mm-hmm. um, Kermit assumes the last means Ethel Barrymore. 
Mm-hmm. And he means Lionel Barrymore that he's dated. Ah. Which I had to look that one up. I was like, what? Uh, Lionel Barrymore is, he, he was a stage actor. Mm-hmm. His sister was Ethel. Yes. Who is the greater, uh, their great niece is Drew Barrymore. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he kind of throws that out there because that's something that's kind of always been debated and talked about. Or Stotler and Waldorf, a couple. Could they maybe have been, but they're not now. So I kind of think for the 70s, like you said, there's been a few things that are starting to take place that um, well, a lot Waldorf of people would not. Is, Waldorf's actually married. Oh, that does come up he, later. He has a wife, Astoria. That's right. It comes up later in a mm-hmm. bit. Um, but yeah, so he corrects him and actually says it's Lionel, um, which I glossed over at the time. That was a note that yeah. I got thanks to the World Wide Web there. Um, our three-headed monster um, that had made an appearance, Tom, Dick, and Harry, um, he actually makes his second appearance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the three heads get their names, three male names, although in the last episode, none of them, uh, it was revealed that one of them is actually a she. So mm-hmm. even though we were calling them Tom, Dick, and Harry um, prior they actually didn't get their names. And I didn't realize this because I watched all these like back to back of each other. Um, they actually don't get their names until here. Yeah. And they just. Well, Harry could be short for Harriet. So <laughs> it could be. It could be kind of tripping us up, kind of like Statler did there with his old. Yeah. was Lionel anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that does bring us to the end of this bunch of episodes, which is the end of our episode here we hope you stuck around we know these um are long but i and i was playing around with ways to like make them shorter but i feel like it just doesn't do them justice and sometimes we're going to rush through an episode because it's short and we didn't enjoy it Mm -hmm. um and then other times like vincent price and even ben vereen this time we we love both of those yeah and this one while we didn't see much of our star valerie it was a, it was a longer there was way more skits there were a lot of skits happening yeah it was one. it was it was a fun one too though mm-hmm. I mean and look this is the thing we're gonna take the time to do a pod on the Muppets let's do it mm-hmm. right let's exactly. no not shortchange it we're we're doing this because like like all the pods that Miranda and I do whether it's together or separate we do po- subjects that we want to talk about mm-hmm. and you know if we're gonna go two hours on Pocahontas we're gonna go two hours on Pocahontas you know we're gonna go. You know, two hours on four episodes of the Muppet Show. That's what we're going to do. And if you're here, you love the Muppets as much as we do. Or you just yeah. like us, which we really appreciate. But, you know, the audience will find it. And mm-hmm. and you can't you can't have too much of... I'd, I'd rather... If I'm listening to a podcast about a subject that I like, and there's not a lot of podcasts on it, you know, I don't want to be rushed through. I don't want to be sitting there going, That's oh, true. I can't, you know, listening yeah. to it and kind of yelling at your phone or your, <laughs> your car. Like, hey, you guys didn't talk about this. You didn't talk about that. We want to make sure that we cover all the bases, all the sketches, all the little character moments. Mm-hmm. Because we're doing this deep dive for a reason. Because we want to do it. We want to talk about it. And and we we're, we feel like we're not doing it justice. Like, why are we bothering if we're not going to do it? You know, go all in right. on it. So So I don't worry about that, Miranda. Sometimes I do, but then again, I have also recently decided that to all the people that tell me I'm too much, I am not too much. I am just who I am. You like me or you don't. So maybe I should also stop apologizing for the length of my podcast because I talk. Yeah. 
that's who I am. But until we bring the people my uh, southern jacked up voice again, tell everybody else where they can find you and what you're doing. And well, where you're comfortable with people finding you, too. Well, that's important. I mean, I don't really do much on the social medias. I mean, I have the Facebook and all that mm-hmm. stuff under me. You can find me there. Uh but, you know, join the Place to Be group. Uh, I do have some wrestling shows that, like, most of my shows have been on hiatus. And just because mm-hmm. it's, it's just time and life's just gotten in the way. And uh, I may return to them. That's Great Debate Wrestling. That is, uh, you know, um, Evolution, which is a really good, but a lot of work. It's, it's a great wrestling pod. Uh, also, I'm touring with a another one on Concurrent Day stuff that I'm thinking about reaching out to somebody to co-host. With me, uh, it would be a monthly show, so we'll see if uh, you know that moves forward. And also right here on PlayStation Pop, uh, I have a lot of my shows which are, are coming back. Uh, I do do a lot on Stream Lounge, and I do later drop them as pods. Uh, I'm in the middle of a Pixar rewatch series. I am up to, as of this recording, uh, my next one will be The Incredibles. And on my MCU watch, my next one will be Shang-Chi, which is under Blockbuster rewatch. But Blockbuster Rewind, you know, I, I will talk to Scott. We're, we're in the middle of a revamp on that year and pop. We're, we're talking about doing a little bit of a revamp as well. Um, just like behind the scenes revamping, really. Uh, pop Goes to the Couch will be back once we can get all four of us on the same night available. Uh, pop Goes to Movies will come out when things come out. I have a feeling we have some stuff we're going to want to talk about soon with Black Adam and, and Wakanda mm-hmm. Forever as well as the uh, Avatar sequel, which I'm one of the few people actually looking forward to that. I am, uh, actually. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I've been trying to get to see the re-release of Avatar because I didn't see it in theaters, the original, and it's out right now here okay. in theaters, so I'm trying to get out to see it, but uh, I haven't made it yet. Uh, but the Avatar ride at, at, at Disney kind of like got me back on the Avatar bandwagon. They were building it when we were there, so I... Oh, Miranda, when you guys come back over here, you got to get there. Oh, I well, right now I want to go to Disney Paris first. No offense. Yes. I oh, Paris. <laughs> believe me, I want to go there, but I just watched a, uh, a thing on uh, a little thing that goes shows you all the different attractions at Tokyo Disney Seas. And I'm like, yeah, oh, Yeah, it's pretty awesome one on too, wish. but Disney Paris has been on my list for a long time because you're Alice... Close. Alice is predominantly um, in, she's predominantly prominent um, in the Paris parks. Uh, like you okay. see, yeah. Apparently there's more um, merch and just things like that. So I'm Sweet. pretty excited. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we got, uh, so I also have my uh, cartoon pod should be coming out in the next couple mm-hmm. of months, the first episode. And uh, a comics pod is in the works. And, and you're saying, wait, Andy. You're not a comics reader. No, well, you I'm always not. tell us. I'm not the comics guy. I don't know that I'm much. not the comics guy, but I am going to uh, attempt to be on a comics pod. And I'm going to kind of be the audience surrogate if you're not a comics person. So I'm going to go in as a blank slate, basically, and give my unadulterated opinion. Uh, on, on Maybe we can the, bring you over to the dark side. Yeah. I, it's not that I am anti-comics. I just have No, no, you're not. Just haven't had a, this hasn't been something in my life that I've I've done, but uh, look for that coming soon on this feed. I think probably uh, mid to late November. I think is when uh, that could be uh, coming out. Uh, that will be uh, mostly uh, shepherded, I guess, or hosted by our good friends Tim Cable and Sean Kidd and Scott Shippel will be there. So basically, it's the Pop Goes to the Couch gang. 
the four of us just really love doing stuff together and we love just being in our own little world, our own little bubble. Mm-hmm. So we look for stuff to do together. Uh, and keep an eye out just on uh, other fun stuff coming uh, to the uh, to the feed. Awesome. Um, I think revamps are important. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that happens a lot. And that's because we're growing and learning as we do this. And, yes, it may be six years, but sometimes you realize there's just time to kind of, like, start a new start afresh. And you don't want to quit the podcast you're doing. So because of that, I also have some projects that I have done in the past but had taken a long hiatus from for various reasons that will also be coming back. Um, you should be hearing Telly and Telly and T again soon, but I think we're going to revamp and you'll be hearing us soon, but not as often. I don't think we're going to be a monthly. I think we're going to be a special. Um, you guys know we like to cover British Bake Off and Taskmaster and things like that. So I think um, Ben and I are just going to bring you special things as they occur throughout the year. Um, I'm hoping to bring back Lady in the Beard, um, which was done with my friend Kelly. Uh, of course, I've recently brought uh, Bells with Books with my friend Bianca to the team. We still have the Disney pod that Andy and I bring up a lot because we love doing that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot going on um, for everyone. There's literally something for everyone. Please join the Facebook group. That's where we kind of post like who like here's the link to this week's this came out, this came out or this is happening or Sometimes we're even just looking for guests, and that's the way to find out if we're yeah. looking for someone. Um, well, reach out to us if you want to yeah. be on a pod. Uh, you know, there are some pods we don't do guests on, like the Disney pod, this pod. These are, but mm-hmm. there are, but you know, Pop Goes the Movies. We'll look for guests, uh, right. and I know Making Mount Rushmore, which They're is uh, with Steve yeah. host, which I used to host, uh, is always looking for. That's mm-hmm. a and that's a good intro pod for people yeah. that have never really done podcasts before. Oh, absolutely. It's really because you it, it's not a lot of pressure and not like there's pressure when you do a podcast, but uh, you don't have to talk as much and you no. get to, you know, you're on there with a few other people and mm-hmm. you get to kind of blend in, I guess, and not feel, yeah. uh, you, you know, it, it's an easy way in to, to yeah. podcasting. But, yeah, like Laugh in Theater, I, I always look for people and, and Blockbuster Rewatch, uh, the mm-hmm. Pixar we watch there are all kinds of things. Also, though, if you don't join the Facebook group, like the Facebook page for Place to Be Nation. Yeah, absolutely. Because we that's a good have, way to know when the pods and everything else come out. We do have the Facebook page. I should have said that earlier when I said we kind of have the group to do a compiled social media. What I meant by that is, like, a lot of us don't have individual Facebook pages anymore for, like, like we don't have one for just The Muppet Show. We did have an Instagram for just Telly and T. Um, it just gets to be a whole lot when you're one person operating, like, five Instagram pages, three uh, Twitters, two this, two that. It gets to be very time-consuming and does become a job. And it's hard. In fuels transparency, it's hard when you do also have a full-time job. And for me, like, yeah. I homeschool my child. So, like... <laughs> It Yeah, it becomes hard. So that's why we have the group. But yes, we also have the Facebook page that you can just like to find out about things if you really don't want to be a part of the group. Some people are anti-Facebook group, and I can understand that, and I get that. Um, I am trying to organically build a following on TikTok. I am comfortable with people following me over there at Moms a Nerd. My Instagram is open for that reason as well. I'm pretty private. on. I am in the Facebook group, and I do talk um, as far as like friending me on Facebook. Um, no offense, but I'm kind of uncomfortable with that. That's like my private space. Um, so don't get offended if you send me a friend request and don't accept it. Because I've randomly noticed that I've just been getting a lot of friends requests lately from like actual people. 
hmm. um, not bots or fake profiles. And I don't know them and I don't accept them. So if anybody's like, oh, I don't accept them on Facebook. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, uh, and that's why I always ask, if you've ever listened to my podcast, I will ask my co-host, where do you feel comfortable with people finding you? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's very important that uh, we're all comfortable here, right? Yeah. We're all friends, but we're all comfortable. Mm-hmm. So. Um, be on the lookout for all of the new things coming from all the various entities that are part of our podcast feed and the other podcast feeds that we create uh, that we consider family feeds. Um, be on the lookout for revamps of things that you maybe loved before. Um, I actually got really positive feedback about Telly and T, so we're kind of excited to be redoing that. I don't know when that'll happen, but it is something that we are actively working on. Um, there's just a lot. Uh, we are in the middle of the 31 days of Halloween, uh, PTB Halloween. Please follow along with that. There will be a Christmas one as well. Um, and if I can make it happen, we're gonna. I'm going to be doing a couple of things on Stream Lounge that go in conjunction with Days of Halloween. It just wasn't possible for me to do all 31. So I know of absolutely one, possibly three in total that I will be trying to pull off for you guys this month. Um, but while you're doing that always come back to hear the muppet pod um and just enjoy the hilarity that ensues even if you go out with a bang well guys it's just the three of us for a weekend in the swamp oh no